Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner. The finest uncooperative conservative radio on the net. Kicking down the walls. Blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches. And you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com. And I'm here with my lovely wife and producer, Susan. Hello, Susan. Hello, American Patriots. All right. What are we talking about this evening? Well, we start the show with the Pledge of Allegiance. Hanukkah is this week. We'll tell you what that is. As sorry, folks, John McCain is not a hero, and we will prove it. Then more marijuana news, regulations meet the food police, and space the final frontier if we get to it all. And you don't say. Uh. All right. Patriots, hand of a heart, face a flag, you don't have a flag, get a flag. Or make one. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, it's Hanukkah time. Did you all know it's Hanukkah time? Or, or as they say, Hanukkah time? <laughs> Everybody in the Middle East spits when they talk. From Chabad.org. Hanukkah is the Jewish eight-day wintertime festival of lights. Hold on one second here. Celebrated with a nightly menorah lighting, a special prayers, and fried foods. The Hebrew word Hanukkah means dedication. I hate when your, the self, uh, when your computer, when it self-saves, it's a mess. What is with that? means dedication and is thus named because it celebrates the rededication of the holy temple under Syrian rule. The story of Hanukkah. Now, this is really important, and I'm glad Shabbat did this, because this is actual history. We always say this to the folks. Jewish history is real. <laughs> Well, it's it's really in the Quran, the Talmud, the uh, Kamaj, the the Quran. Because there's uh, did I say Quran? You say Quran. Talmud. 
I said Korea. You did. Been fighting with too many muzzies lately. <laughs> the uh, no, Amash, I think. No, that, no, no. no. What were you thinking of? The Torah. Uh huh. The Torah, the Kavash, the Talmud. These are all books you can read. Talmud used to be by word of mouth, but they wrote it down. But this is actual history. Yes, this is their. I mean, the the one in the Bible, the Old Testament Bible, is not nowhere near correct or complete, as far as Jewish history goes. Much more in depth than that. I can tell you right now, you, you couldn't handle the Torah. I mean, you get it's it's Genesis mostly. You just say it's a, they explain everything in detail. It's not like the oh, you passed the, the part of the seas, the land, and let there be light. No, it's if they go into great detail. And that's how that's how I knew it was real, because you, you could make that stuff up. Well, when I read how they uh, constructed the uh, Ark of the Covenant, I mean that is like every single measurement, every single solitary little ornament. I mean, down to the the minutest detail. I was like, yeah, this really happened. <laughs> there really is. A freaking Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was. <laughs> it certainly was. All right. And did, I, I lost track of that. Didn't they claim to f- find the Ark on a mountaintop? I don't know. I lost track of it, that too. That was uh, decades ago. Also, we lost track of what they're doing with uh, Noah's Ark. That also was in complete detail of how he had to build it. And actually, oh, that's the, what I was talking about. I thought you were talking about Noah's Ark. No, the Ark of the Covenant. No, sorry, wrong one. Okay, that also was in minute that, detail. That is the original tablets in it. Right, and that the way that it had to be constructed was. Oh yeah, okay. everything precise, including yep. Noah's Ark. Same way. Same thing. I don't think it's loud enough. You say this every show because it isn't every show. Now turn it up. <sighs> You're not getting this right. Watch the levels. When I'm loud, it should go yellow. So. That's how you know. You got the interface in front of you. Remember, use the center one, not the one in the mic switch. I know, I know. That thing so shows it louder than it is. I don't know what and, that's about. Anyway, I, I put it go, going back to this, if you if you haven't seen the movie Noah, go and see it. They really did a very good job, really, really good job. I don't remember. You don't remember how they put the animals to sleep? No, I don't remember. Well, now I can't say it because in case someone hasn't seen it. Okay. You don't remember the movie Noah at all. A little bit, but it's it's been supplanted with that comedy version of Noah. No, get that out of your head. I can't. It's too late. Well, that's a shame. No, no, I got to watch it again. See, not a shame at all. I get to watch it again. <laughs> Here, I'm not loud enough, and you were loud, so I'll pull it a little. That's better. A little, Closer to me. All right, the story. Where was it? The story of Hanukkah. And it's not Chabad. It's Chabad. The siege is a k- k- okay. It's where they spit on you. Chabad. <laughs> you know, camels spit too. Yeah, it's all over my computer screen now. <laughs> yeah, what do you think they got it from? <laughs> the camels spit. They got it from the stinking Muslims. That's where they got it from. <clears throat> More than two thousand years ago. There was a time when the land of Israel was part of the Syrian Greek Empire. Yeah, it's been part of a lot of empires, frankly. 
dominated by Syrian rulers of the dynasty of the Seleucids. Seleucids, sorry. I haven't seen that word in a long time. In order to relate the story that led up to Hanukkah, we shall start with Antiochus III, the king of Syria. See, Syria's been around a long time. Who reigned from 3538 to 3574, and then it doesn't say BC like it's supposed to, and then it has a BCE. And I don't go by BCE, I don't care. He waged war with King Ptolemy of Egypt over the possession of the land of Israel. Antiochus III was victorious, and the land of Israel was annexed to his empire. At the beginning of his reign, he was favorably disposed toward the Jews, and according to them, some privileges. Later on, however, when he was beaten by the Romans and compelled to pay heavy taxes, the burden fell upon the various peoples of his empire who were forced to furnish the heavy gold that was required of him by the Romans. When Antiochus died, his son Seleucus IV, took over, and further oppressed the Jews. Seleucus, I think. It's Seleucus, I think. Seleucus. I think that's it. I'm sorry. Uh, Added to the troubles from the outside were the grave perils that threatened Judaism from within. The influence of the Hellenists, people who accepted idol worship and the Syrian way of life, was increasing. Yochanan, the high priest, foresaw the danger to Judaism from the penetration of Syrian Greek influence into the Holy Land. For in contrast to the ideal of outward beauty held by the Greeks and Syrians, Judaism emphasizes truth and moral purity as commanded by God in the Holy Torah. The Jewish people could never give up their faith in God and accept the idol worship of the Syrians. Yochanan was therefore opposed to any attempt on the part of the Jewish Hellenists to introduce Greek and Syrian customs into the land. The Hellenists hated him. One of them told the king's commissioner that in the treasury of the temple there was a great deal of wealth. The wealth in the treasury consisted of the contributions of half a shekel made by all adult Jews annually. That was given for the purpose of the sacrifices on the altar, as well as for fixing and improving the temple building. Another part of the treasury consisted of orphans' funds, which were deposited for them until they became of age. Seleucus needed money in order to pay the Romans. He sent his minister, Heliodros, to take the money from the treasury of the temple. In vain did Yochanan, the high priest, beg him not to do it. Heliodros did not listen and entered the gate of the temple. But suddenly he became pale with fright. The next moment he fainted and fell to the ground. After Heliodros came to, he did not dare enter again. You lay your eyes on the Ark of the Covenant and you're dead. Unless you're a priest. The madman, Antio- Antiochus the Fourth, a short time later, 
Seleucus was killed, and his brother Antiochus IV began to reign over Syria in... He did it again with the BCE nonsense. No regular BC either. It's helpful. 3,586 to 174 BCE, which is not the same thing as BC, and I did a whole show, part of the show on that one day. Yes, you did. And I still can't remember the difference. But I just know I don't want to have to deal with it. He was a tyrant of a rash and impetuous nature, contemptuous of religion and of the feelings of others. He was called Epiphanes, meaning the gods below. Several of the Syrian rulers received similar titles, but a historian of this, of his time, Palabius, gave him the epithet Epimanus, madman a title more suitable to the character of this harsh and cruel king. Desiring to unify his kingdom through the medium of a common religion and culture, Antiochus tried to root out the individualism of the Jews by suppressing all the Jewish laws. He removed the righteous high priest, Yochanan, from the temple in Jerusalem, and in his place installed Yochanan's brother, Joshua, who loved to call himself by the Greek name, Jason or he was a member of the Hellenist party, and he used his high office to spread more and more of the Greek customs among the priesthood. Now notice that he the first thing for him to try to rule and get everybody unified is to get rid of individualism. Doesn't that sound familiar? Progressivism. Which isn't that progressive, is it? Since they were doing it back in the days of the Old Testament. Exactly. That's one of the tools. Get rid of individualism. Oh, yeah. Tommy the Commie Woodrow Wilson said that. And they were going to do it through immigration, and they have. So they're not progressive. They're regressives. Well, that's what the word progressive means. Every, every label they give themselves doesn't, make, doesn't meet at all what they are. Usually it's the opposite. So progressive, regressive. It's really very simple. We have progressed away from the constitutional republic. We now have an out-of-control central government... That is not constitutional. None of that up there is constitutional. It's all unconstitutional, unlawful, void, and evil. Joshua, or Jason, was later replaced by another man, Menelaus, who had promised the king that he would bring in more money than Jason did. When Yochanan, the former high priest, protested against the spread of the Hellenists' influence in the Holy Temple, the ruling high priest hired murderers to assassinate him. Antiochus, the fourth, you got to say the fourth, right? Or you got to put that every time, was at the time engaged in a successful war against Egypt. But messages from Rome arrived and commanded him to stop the war, and he had to yield. Meanwhile, in Jerusalem, a rumor spread that a serious accident had befallen Antiochus, the fourth. Thinking he was dead, the people rebelled against Menelaus. The treacherous high priest fled together with his friends, the martyrs. Antiochus IV returned from Egypt, enraged by Roman interference with his ambitions. When he heard what had taken place in Jerusalem, he ordered his army to fall upon the Jews. Thousands of Jews were killed. Antiochus IV then enacted a series of harsh decrees against the Jews. Jewish worship was forbidden. The scrolls of the law were confiscated and burned. Sabbath rest, circumcision, and the dietary laws were prohibited under penalty of death. 
Even one of the respected elders of that generation, Rabbi Eliezer, Eliezer, a man of 90, was ordered by the servants of Antiochus to eat pork so that others would do the same. When he refused, they suggested to him that he pick up the he pick up the meat to his lips to appear to be eating it. But Rabbi Eliza refused to do even that and was put to death. There were thousands of others who were likewise sacrificed their lives. The famous story of Hannah and her seven children happened at that time. Antiochus's men went from town to town, from village to village, to force the inhabitants to worship pagan gods. Only one refuge area remained, and that was the hills of Judea, with their caves. But, even there, did the Syrians pursue the faithful Jews, and many a Jew died a martyr death. Matiyahu. 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 Yeah, that's right. One day the henchmen of Antiochus arrived in the village of Modin, where Matiyahu, the old priest, lived. The Syrian officer built an altar in the marketplace of the village and demanded that Matiyahu offer sacrifices to Greek gods. Matiyahu refused. I, my sons, and my brothers are determined to remain loyal to the covenant which our God made with our ancestors. Thereupon, Hellenistic Jew approached the altar to offer a sacrifice. Metityahu grabbed his sword and killed him, and his sons and friends fell upon the Syrian officers and men. They killed many of them and chased the rest away. They then destroyed the altar. Metityahu knew that Antiochus would be enraged when he heard what had happened. He would certainly send an expedition to punish him and his followers. Metityahu, therefore, left the village of Modin and fled together with his sons and friends to the hills of Judea. Notice all the land we're talking about here. This this is where Israel is now, only part of it. Not all of it is back in their possession. The, what they call Gaza, the West Bank, that's all. That's theirs by by right of ancestry and right of building and right of actually making the land worth more than a you know a bunch of sand. And now so-called Arab, Arab so-called Palestinians want want it back, but they never had it. So how can it give them back? No, they, there was never a Palestine. There was never a Palestinian people. Those those Arabs that they called Palestine were nomads. And they hate it. They hate them. That's why they don't want them in their country. And they're just used as a tool now to get at Israel. I think President Trump so very much for moving our for recognizing Jerusalem as the capital and moving our embassy there. That is the capital of Israel, period. There is no discussion about it. It never belonged to anything called a Palestinian. And right now they're occupying Jewish land. If you want to talk about occupying, the Palestinians are occupying what was once, historically, Jewish lands. Sudea and 
Judea. Uh, Judea. I'll forget the other one now. Anyway, all loyal and courageous Jews joined them. They formed legions, and from time to time they left their hiding places to fall upon enemy detachments and outposts and destroy the pagan altars that were built by the order of Antiochus. Oh no, it's time for the Maccabees. For his death, Metichyahu called his sons together and urged them to continue to fight in the defense of God's Torah. He asked them to follow the counsel of their brother, Shimon the Wise. In waging warfare, he said, their leader should be Jud- Judah, the strong. Judah was called Maccabee, a word composed of the initial letters of the four Hebrew, Hebrew words, Mi, Kamoka, Baalim, Hashem. Who is like you, O God? Antiochus sent his general, Apollonius, to wipe out Judah and his followers, the Maccabees. Though greater in number and equipment than their adversaries, the Syrians were defeated by the Maccabees. Antiochus sent out another expedition, which was also defeated. He realized that only by sending a powerful army could he hope to defeat Judah and his brave fighting men. An army consisting of more than 40,000 men swept the land under the leadership of the two commanders, Nicanor and Gorgias. Then, when Judah and his brothers heard of that, they exclaimed, Let us fight unto the death in defense of our souls and our temple. The people assembled in Mitzpah, and were where Samuel, the prophet of old, had offered prayers to God. After a series of battles, the war was won. Now the Maccabees returned to Jerusalem to liberate it. We hear that? Jerusalem. To what? Liberate it. Oh, why? Because they built it. It's theirs. That's why. They entered the temple and cleared it of the idols placed there by the Syrian vandals. Judah and his followers built a new altar, which he dedicated on the 25th of the month of Kislev, in the year 3,622 B.C. See, that's 139 B.C.E. You see the difference here? Since the golden menorah had been stolen by the Syrians, the Maccabees now made one of cheaper metal. When they wanted to light it, they found only a small cruse of pure olive oil bearing the seal of the high priest Yochanan. It was sufficient to light for one day. By a miracle of God, it continued to burn for eight days until new oil was made available. That miracle proved that God had again taken his people under his protection. In memory of this, our sages appointed these eight days for annual thanksgiving and for lighting candles. The brightness of the first Hanukkah light had dwindled down, but the holy fires on the altar burnt again in the Biet Hamikdash. From morning to morning, as prescribed by the law, the priests were again busily officiating in the old customary ways, and day in and day out they prepared the offerings. Order and peace seemed established. The Jewish farmer longed to return to his land after two years of hardship, privation, and danger in the victorious Jewish army. It was was high time to break the ground and to till the soil if the barley was to grow 
and ripen in time for Omar offering on Passover. The Jewish farmers had left their plows to rally about the heroic Kashmoneon. The first victories had drawn even the has drawn even the hesitant into the ranks of the enthusiastic Jewish rebels. Led by the sons of Metatyahu, farmers had forsaken their land, merchants and tradesmen, their stores and shops. Even Torah students had emerged from the four walls of the Bet Hamidrash to join the fight against the oppressors. But the songs of victory, which had filled the reclaiming holy temple with praise and gratitude for the merciful God had ceased. The goal of the battle seemed reached, and Torah again was supreme law in Israel. One man, though, realized that the time for a return to normal living had not yet come. Israel could not afford to relax. It would have to stand ready and prepare to carry on the fight against the overwhelming odds of the enemy. This man was Judah Maccabee. His name was upon everyone's lips and in every Jewish heart. He was admired as a hero, as a man with the heart of a lion and the simple piety of a child, as the one whose mighty armies fought and conquered, yet who never failed to pray to God, the master of all battles, before he entered the fray. It was not the spirited warrior's joy that made Judah Maccabee stay in camp, his heart, too, longed to return to his former peaceful life, to Modin, the quiet town of priests, which held the grave of his adored father. Bloodshed in battle meant a hard and unwanted profession for the men of Judea, who preferred peace to strife. Yet this was no time for relax, relenting. <clears throat> Not only had he to stay, but with all the persuasion of his magnetic personality, he had to hold his back his comrades at arms. <coughs> Excuse me. His own reasoning and his two wise brothers, Shimon and Yonatan, told him that only the first phase of the war of liberation had passed. Hard and desperate times were yet to come. Clever armies merely needed to extend full to prepare new assaults with more troops and better equipment. And there were armies all about Judea besides the defeated Syrians. The neighboring countries begrudged the dazzling victories of the small Jewish armies. They would much rather have seen the people of Judea oppressed and humiliated than armed and spirited, a threat to their own lands. Whence had come the sudden source of strength, courage, and fortitude? What was there in this nation that made history in proud seclusion and isolation from other nations? Old hatred was revived. The descendants of Edom, the Edomians, Edomians, the Ammonites, the the Philistines. No, that's not Palestine. That's not what the Palestine gets their name from. There was no Palestine. They're not the Philistines. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. Not true. And Phoenicians. They all revived their ancient jealousies. Messengers arrived from Gilead. <coughs> The pagan people joined forces to destroy Judah. From Galilee came the bad news of similar evil intentions and active preparations in Ptolemais, Tyre, and Zidon. The messengers found Judah Maccabee already at work, 
Fortifications had to be thrown up around Zion. Towers, walls, battlements, and a moat had to be constructed opposite the fort. <clears throat> the f- I can't find my line here. <laughs> the fort still held by their worst enemies, the Hellenistic Jews, under the leadership of the false priest Menelaus. These hated everything Jewish and lived in the hope of the return of the Syrian masters. Judah Maccabee prepared Jerusalem against... What was that word again? Jerusalem. Jerusalem <clears throat> against them and against imminent assault by the troops of Antiochus the fourth, of course. Under his supervision, the Jewish people worked feverishly to refill their arsenals and turn the whole country into a stronghold. Again, everything that's happening over there is not new. The Jews have been under attack since their inception, since the first little baby Jew was born. They were slaves for over 400 years. Take that, black Americans. Ah, shut up. We got to give Jews affirmative action and not you, because it didn't last that long in the United States of America. No, it didn't. All right, where was I? Uh, construction of my last. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Judah Maggie prayed Jerusalem against them and against imminent assault by the troops of Antiochus. Under his supervision, the Jewish people worked feverishly to refill their arsenals and turn the whole country into a stronghold. Once the most important task was accomplished, Judah Maccabee led his freshly trained troops to the aid of the regions and villages harassed by the spiteful neighbors of Judea. Oh, that there it is, Judea and Samaria. That's the, the Pal- Palestinians are occupying those lands. Anyway, where was I? Tritut, blah, 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 Jay. He drove the Idumeans from Hebron, which they, had, which they had annexed, and he punished the people who had acted with hostility towards the Jewish settlers. Then he led his army across the Jordan River against the Ammonites. Their capital fell before the furious onslaught of the Jewish troops, and so did their fortress, yes, sir. Okay, and I want you to explain this, because this is what's going on right now with these stupid disputed territories, right? Yeah, they can dispute... Dispute whatever you want. Read the Bible. Blonde said it choose. That we're gonna go to break. So grab a radio show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. The path to restoring our republic was laid down by our founding fathers. The principles of freedom, liberty, personal responsibility, and limited government are conservative ideals we will never abandon. America is listening. Grassroots. Common sense. Conservative talk radio. It's on the internet. Tune in now. Red State Talk Radio. Featuring some of the most popular internet talk show hosts in America today. Are you listening? RedStateTalkRadio.com. What is term life insurance? It's basically a financial protection plan for your family if you pass away. It can be a hard purchase. Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. But you've got to have it to protect your family. And you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. 
For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the Term Lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. Sample rate cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813. 800-215-6813. 800-215-6813. This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Nobody wants to get ripped off, broken into, or robbed, but nobody wants to pay a lot of money to have their home protected either. I've got an offer to tell you about to provide home security for your home for a simple rate as low as $19.99 a month. For real, with no installation or equipment charges. And this is from a company rated number one by a leading consumer research company. According to the facts, most of you won't even call unless there's a burglary in your neighborhood or something bad happens. So let's give you a reason. Save money. For as low as $19.99 a month with no other costs, you can get your home secured. Plus, get a lifetime equipment replacement warranty. You need protection for your home. Call the Home Security Hotline right now. 800-218-9520. Call now. That's 800-218-9520. You have no idea. I've got an idea. I got an idea. I got an idea. What's the big idea? Do you have an idea for a new product or a phone app? Well, now is the time to make your idea a priority. Get it off the ground fast and call Davidson. We have over 25 years experience helping big idea thinkers like you turn your ideas into products and apps that are found in retail stores and online. It's simple to get started. Call now and ask for our free big idea starter guide. We'll show you how to get started and protect your idea and show you the steps to get your killer idea in front of a corporation that can help you grow your dream. Dream big and be big. Call Davidson now for your free big idea starter guide. Davidson charges fees for services. 800-213-9257. 800-213-9257. 800-213-9257.
Hey there, did you know that with a bachelor's degree, on average, you could make almost twice as much over a lifetime than a person with just a high school diploma? It's true. According to the 2012 U.S. Census Bureau, college grads with a bachelor's degree make almost twice as much as high school grads. Now, going back to school is easier than ever at Independence University. Log on and complete coursework from the park or the beach or even your couch watching the kids. And Independence University gives you the tools, a free tablet and laptop for undergrad students to use and keep when they graduate. That's right. Get a laptop so you can go to college from anywhere. Take the first step to a new career in business, information technology, healthcare, or graphic arts. Call to find the online degree program that's right for you. And you could be on your way to increasing your earning potential. 800-797-1256. 800-797-1256. That's 800-797-1256. Okay, and welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show, our half of one. Trying to clean out my sinuses, but... It's a rough deal. So, ex- now, this, these territories that he's talking about that he went and he took back. Judea, Samaria. All, Across the Jordan. He didn't take it back. They didn't take it back. That belonged to the Ammonites. They took it. They invaded. Okay. Because they wanted, they don't want to be surrounded by enemies. Like they don't want now. And it's how they've been. It's always been that way. Because the, they were different than everyone. Their religion was different. The way they looked was different. The way they behaved was different. And so the, they they didn't trust them. They didn't like them. And you know, uh, the Jews do not proselytize. They don't try and they don't try and convert people to oh no Judaism. Oh, it's real. No. Oh no 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 no. Because it's a race. No, it's a religion. It's also a race. But you can convert to Judaism if you'd like. But you have to go through a lot of steps. And you got to learn the Torah. And you got to be able to recite it just like they do, you know, the kids do when they come of age. Uh, but it, they'll, you could be, you could be Jewish and not be Jewish of ancestry. If you convert to Judaism, you're a Jew. But you're not a Jew. You see what I mean? You're not a Jew by race. You're a Jew by religion. You know, it's funny that you say that because that is the only religion that doesn't go out and try to recruit people. Christians go out and try all the time. They don't, Muslims do by they, killing them. But, like I know. said, it's not easy. You have to jump through a lot of hoops. Uh, so, you know, it's hard to memorize the, the Torah. The, you know, <laughs> That's a lot of words. But again, that's unique to them. They don't go out and want people to become Jews. No. It's, God has never told them to go out and proselytize. That's what that means, converting people to your religion. Christians, he did, but not Jews. So, Judah's brother, Shimon, had an army north to aid the plagued Jews of Galilee. He defeated the enemy and cleared the Jewish land. 
At his urging, a great many of the Jewish settlers who had fled to Jerusalem returned to build in safety what had been destroyed during the years of weakness. Judah, Mac- Judah Maccabee, and Yonatan joined forces and marched against Galilee. No, sorry, Gilead. Yeah, sorry. I'm focusing where they were met with the toughest resistance. By Shavuot, this campaign was successfully concluded. Judea was again free, and all parts captured by the neighboring nation had been recovered. Oh, wait, they did recover it. You were right. Right, I know. I missed the part where the Ammonites took it. I I think they're just part of Syria, I guess. I don't know. Anyway... All parts captured recover. Celebrations and festivity transformed Jerusalem and the Holy Temple. Hardly half a year after the victories over the Syrian armies, the Jewish people expressed their joy and gratitude to God in the form of psalms and offerings, for he had restored glory and liberty to the Jewish land. Yes, it it just implied that Ammonites were Syrian. Again, the Jews have been raging this war against people that are their enemies. They're not, everyone thinks they're, they're the antagonists. No, they never were the antagonists. That's not true. Uh-uh. You're forgetting, you're forgetting one very important general, right? Who? Moses? Yes. Yeah, but that was in the struggle to get their land back. No, 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 no. That was on their way to the promised land. That was to get their land back. It was the promised land. And, well, what Israel ended up getting was the promised land. On the way there, they had to fight armies. In fact, he had to wait 40 years building up and training an army before he he could move further towards the Holy Lands. And God told them of the one people, uh, the people that were in front of them, but would be behind them after they keep going forward, there's another really big enemy on the fore, but you're leaving people at your back. So God instructed them to slaughter every man, woman, child, and animal. Moses didn't do it. That's because you can't, you don't want an enemy at your back. Then you can fight two farts and they'll just crush you. But he didn't listen. And that's why he was banned from entering the Holy Land. When he brought, when his people went into the Holy Land, he had to stand there and watch. Some say he was murdered by uh, his brother, Aaron, Aaron, uh, with a spear. But th- I haven't seen any like th- that account would definitely be in the in the teachings and writings books of of the Jews, and I didn't say anything in there about him being killed. When is Hanukkah? Hanukkah begins on the eve of Kislev 25 and continues for eight days. On the civil calendar, it generally coincides with the month of December. Hanukkah foods. Since, you know, we didn't, we we had that, we went to their bris, but we never celebrated Hanukkah with them, did we? No, we actually, the only thing that we did celebrate with them was uh, the Sabbath. We did a couple of Sabbaths over at their house. This is our uh, Orthodox Jewish friends we had in New York. 
I went to college. More important than that is line of the priest. So when he had a baby, it was a big deal. Yeah, I went to, I went to college baby. with uh, Allie. There, there are, that's, it's definitely a paternal religion, the way it is. Uh, but, yeah, people came from all over the world for his, this baby's breasts because they got to keep it, the line of the priests going so they can, when they rebuild the temple, they have priests to, that can do it. You know, because only a priest can look on the... Uh, Ark of the Covenant. Ark of the Covenant, which, which houses the Ten Commandment tablets, and uh, live, except priests. So, yeah, it's kind of important. Boy, those guys could drink. Yeah, we've told the story before. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, I was in my element. you got to be kidding me. I love to drink. We finished off. We studied, started with vodka and went to scotch, or scotch and went to vodka. I can't remember which. Probably vodka to scotch because... I know there was a there, Johnny Walker Red in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because we ran out of vodka. <laughs> We're all sitting there. I'm just sitting around listening, talking stuff, you know, and uh, drinking with them. And, uh, rabbis, right? Rabbis and the most high rabbi of all. I mean, the top, top Jewish rabbi in the world was at the head of the table. And we were getting along pretty good. Uh, so he asked every... You know, he said... Let me ask you, Brian, why do you think the Jews are is in so much trouble? And I'm like, uh, I really don't want to answer that. He goes, there's nothing wrong. You can, whatever you think, just say it. In a heavy Russian accent, he's talking. <laughs> and I'm like, a Russian Jewish accent. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, it's because the Jews keep breaking their covenant with God. And the other rabbi is like, oh, it's sort of bubbling. And the high guys go, you are absolutely right. So there you have it. <clears throat> like I said, I did study all the major minor religions. So most of the minors, not all of them. So Hanukkah foods. Since Hanukkah miracle involved oil, it is customary to eat foods fried in oil. The Eastern European classic is the potato latka. It's, it's like a potato pancake. Garnished with applesauce or sour cream, just like you would eat a potato pancake, because it's a potato pancake. <laughs> if you've never had potato pancakes, you should try them. They're really good. Garnished with applesauce or sour cream, and re- <clears throat> reigning Israeli favorite is the jelly-filled savganya, which is a donut. Dreidel, the Hanukkah game. We just saw someone on TV betting on Spinning dreidels, at least I did. You did, I didn't. Yes. <laughs> they were competing to see who could win playing uh, the dreidel game. And it turned out that the guy, the Jewish guy, well, the actress is Jewish in real life, but not, not in the show. Uh, turned out he had a loaded dreidel. So it would always come up with the top number, the, the winning symbol. And it, she caught on to it after like the fourth time. She's like, that's impossible to do that four times in a row. Let me see that thing. It gets low. You're probably a cheater. Yes, I am. Give me the thing. And he takes his shoe and he smashes it. Smashes the thing. Now, now, what you got to say? <laughs> you cheated. Anyway, on Hanukkah, it's customary to play with a dreidel, a four-sided spinning top, 
bearing the Hebrew letters Nun, Gimel, He, and Shin, an acronym for Nes Gadol Hayashim. A great miracle happened there. The game is usually played for a pot of coins, nuts, or other stuff, which is won or lost based on which letter the dreidel lands on when it is spun. And there you have it. Who would have thought the Jews would have a gambling game? <laughs> I, I, I would, I don't know. I mean, it's ancient, too. You're not really supposed to gamble, are you? <laughs> well, it says you get a prize. I know. But that's a contest. It's not gambling. Oh. You're not taking your money, putting it in, someone else puts it in, and you you gamble against each other. That's the kind of gambling they're, provi- they're pro- prohibited from. We all are, by the way, Christians. Hey, I, I gamble. I play every once in a blue moon. Like I, I did it once in the 10 years I've been here. Go to town and hit the casinos, and it's all electronic casinos. But I, I don't know. I always end up winning, making money, and drinking for free. So I don't know. Was it gambling or a contest? <laughs> All right, moving right along. Well, we're going to oh, lose. This is long. Yeah, we're going to lose a lot of listeners. Why? We have time because of the subject matter that we're doing, especially since the man's in 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 the hospital and not, everybody. None of my listeners like John McCain. Everyone is falling over each other to say, "Oh, our prayers and thoughts go out to John McCain." And really, after, he was such a great hero. After the last thing he did, that vote with that evil face, that vicious evil face about I, Obamacare. I was done with that guy a long time ago, but that was that was way over the top. He could drop dead; I could care less. But I want him out of the Senate for sure. He is—he's not going to vote for anything Trump wants. He hates Donald Trump. Donald Trump trounced him and made him look stupid. Well, while I was in town, I had asked. And he a has couple, a giant ego, by the way. I had asked a couple of people, "Why is he still in the Senate? He has a brain tumor." Uh, do are they? Did they give him any kind of an IQ test, or that that he's like sane enough to work? Oh, people do a lot of things with brain tumors. I'm like, no, they don't. No, not <laughs> not the one. That one's most aggressive brain tumor you can get. Eating your frontal lobe. No, you can't because what happens when you get a frontal lobotomy? You t- turn into a drooling idiot. You have no no thoughts, no reason. That all resides in the frontal lobe. And it's already how long that tumor's been growing, we don't know. But he has to be he has to be tested. Does he have an altered mental status? Because if he's not fit to be in the Senate, then he can't be in the Senate. Letting him come in with a brain tumor and ruin all the work they had done. Good for you, John McCain. You're going down not as a hero, but as a giant pain in the backside. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk, we're going to read an article. This is from Communist News Network now. The only reason I read it, because I already know all the things in it. We have five minutes before the break, dear. I thought you said we're going to lose it. No, no, I said we're going to lose listeners. Oh. That's what I said, because of the segment. If I had to worry about that, I would open my mouth. (laughs) Because of this segment. I don't really care. John McCain is not a hero. I have said it. Trump has said it. And everybody's pissed off about it. But it's true. He's not a hero. 
And now I'm going to explain why. I'll let the Communist News Network do it for me. You, I know. I question that. You think that. they'd love John McCain over at CNN right now. But, you know. John McCain well, this seriously is from- violated the military code of conduct by trading military information and making numerous public statements that appeared favorable to the communist war effort in exchange for, quote-unquote, special treatment. And this is from, this article's from 2008. Yes. He was not tortured at, at all, really. Depends how you look at it. He was slapped around a bit, and they withheld, they withheld medicine. But we'll see that in here. The code, consisting of six articles in simple language, the United States Military Code of Conduct, and I talked about this, Orders American military personnel to resist capture at all cost. Yeah, that didn't happen. And if captured, to attempt to escape. That never happened. To give the enemy no information other than name, rank, and serial number, and date of birth. To take charge, if senior, to obey orders of the seniors, to accept no favors from the enemy, and to make no written or oral statements disloyal to the United States. In the original writing, the code was declared the definitive code specifying the responsibilities of American military personnel while in combat or captivity. The code holds U.S. prisoners of war responsible to protect... Protect it? Whatever costs the cause... What's, why is this running into each other? Responsible to protect at whatever the cost the cause for which the United States stands by continuing to carry on some form of a resistance with the enemy. The establishment of the Code of Conduct was the result of what was considered in 1955 an embarrassing high number of U.S. servicemen held prisoner during the Korean War who apparently did little to resist collaborating with the enemy. According to a Congressional Research Service report, one out of every three American prisoners of North Koreans and Chinese collaborated. The degree of collaboration ranged from such serious offenses as actually siding with the enemy to the relatively insignificant offense of broadcasting Christmas greetings home and therefore putting the communists in favorable light. Although collaborating with the enemy is nothing new, there were a number of examples of it during World War II. Its ramifications caused considerable damage to the morale and the survival of U.S. POWs during the Korean War and later the Vietnam War. The Korean War marked a new dimension in the relationship between U.S. servicemen taken prisoner and their captors. For the first time, U.S. prisoners of war were viewed by an enemy as more than soldiers from the other side, temporarily restrained from conducting war. It was the first war fought by the United States against the enemy, whose pathological desire to control the minds of U.S. prisoners extended the war into the POW camps. North Korea and Chinese communists were not hesitant to use brutal and bloody torture as gruesome tools in their efforts to exploit U.S. prisoners of war in the making public statements that appeared favorable to the communist war effort. Yeah, see, China's never been our friend. No. Communists interrogate... Chinese have never been anyone's friend. Chinese only care about Chinese. Communist interrogators also sought to further control their prisoners by manipulating them into looking to the looking to the detaining authorities as I uh, gotta go to break. We'll pick this up on the other side. Jeb Quap and Radio Show, stay tuned, cause we'll be right back.
old enough to vote. I can't vote. I can't vote. I'm not old enough to vote. But if I could. But if I could. If I could. If I could vote. If I had a vote. If I had a voice. I would vote for a candidate. I would elect people who stand up for the blueprint of this country. People who protect our history, our culture, our language, and our borders. Men and women who would uphold the separation of powers. Who listen to the people. Candidates who understand the Declaration of Independence. Representatives that will protect and uphold the Constitution of the United States. This election. The election of 2012. The November 6th election is the most important. The most critical. It's do or die. November 2012. My future hangs in the balance. So, will you please? Please. Please. Vote to protect my First Amendment rights. Vote to protect my religious rights. My right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of my own course in life. My religious freedom, unalienable rights, endowed by our Creator. I'm only 14. I'm 13. I'm 16. I can't vote, but you can. So when you vote, when you vote, vote for constitutionalists. Vote for conservatives. Vote for people who will protect the First Amendment, the Tenth Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Bill of Rights. Your temporary politicians strapped us with sixteen trillion dollars in national debt. Fix it. Please. Put people in office who will stop the spending. People who will balance the budget. Vote for constitutional candidates. People who will stop the assault on religious liberty. When, in the course of human events, it has become necessary for one people to do the right thing. I don't need the government telling me what lunch to eat, what toilet to flush. I don't need the government telling me to drive an electric car, forcing me to buy health insurance. I don't need government giving guns to Mexican drug lords. We hold these truths to be self-evident: lower taxes, less government, more jobs, no more ballooning deficits, a strong military, Reagan principles. Vote for liberty over tyranny. No more social engineering. No more socialism. No more social programs. No more hatreds. We need to protect our border. We need one common language. We need a united and unique American culture. Please vote for patriots in the spirit of the founders. Patriots, candidates to restore constitutional America. Restore constitutional America. God bless America. Liberty is never more than one generation from extinction, and we are that generation. If not you, who? If not now, when? And now a message to freshman Tea Party back senators from Trent Lott and Lindsey Graham. Hello, this is Trent Lott.、Uh, Lindsey and I just want you to know that we appreciate all that the Tea Party people did to bring you here to Washington. Yes, I love tea, and I dearly love parties. 
But now's the time we should all come together and sit down with the other side and listen to their ideas on how to move the country forward while we as Republicans take a step back and walk a mile in their shoes. Yeah, we love being Republicans, and we love conservative values, uh, probably as much as we'd love being liberal Democrats if the need ever arose. What Trent means is Republicans are always at our best when we ignore all the rhetoric and noise from back home and just do the right thing. The right thing? You know what I mean. Join Trent Mott and Lindsey Graham in bringing bipartisanship back to Washington. Back to the Uncooperative Radio Show, Hour 2. Okie dokie, okie pinokie. Back to John McCain. Communist interrogators also sought to further control their prisoners by manipulating them into looking to the detaining authorities as a source of leadership, thereby breaking down the leadership and internal discipline within the POW population. Yeah, no one ever said they were dummies. Well, they call them yellow devils for a reason. That's right. I was going to say that as well as I'm so sick and tired of these progs accusing us of atrocities against prisoners. This stuff has been going on for decades by other countries, not us. doesn't matter. We signed the accords. I'm so tired and, but, of we but, suck. But what we did was not considered torture. Coercive, coercive, coercive force, but not, not torture. And what you always say, if these progs want us to go with the Geneva Convention, then all these friggin' fuzzy muzzies should be shot in the field. No, in the field and in Gitmo. They should be lined up against the wall and shot. That's what the Geneva Convention says when you find someone on the battlefield out of uniform. Last time I checked, terrorists didn't have a uniform, so they're out of uniform. In previous wars, prisoners were subjected to some inhumane and brutal treatment, but the enemy did not take it upon itself to tear down the chain of command within its the prisoner ranks. When the communists succeeded, a condition of distrust among the prisoners became the norm rather than the exception. Morale dropped and mutual assistance among the prisoners lessened. Chaos followed and the failure of the POWs to care for their fellow prisoners resulted in a higher death rate and made the captives more amenable, amenable sorry, to accept the doctrine of their captors. Very few American servicemen were mentally prepared to protect themselves from such barbaric treatment and intense indoctrination attempts. Through inhumane treatment and manipulation, many prisoners were forced to collaborate with the communists. Twenty-one chose to remain in China, refusing repatriation. After the termination of the hostilities in Korea and the subsequent release of American prisoners of war, many former U.S. prisoners were criminally charged and tried for offenses that amounted to treason, desertion to the enemy, mistreatment of fellow prisoners of war, and similar crimes. Okay, this is really good that they got in-depth into the history, because everyone keeps saying, oh, we, China has nothing to do with this. China was heavily involved in the Korean War. 
People do not remember that. Um, no, they weren't. Not till the end. Um, when we got close to the Chinese border. Anyway, uh, where was I? Uh-huh. This is real, really long, so let's keep the interruptions to a minimum. Because I would like to get through it tonight. Uh, where was I? Uh, POW mistreatment. The emotions and compassions of the public were aroused as graphic details of inhumane treatment of U.S. POWs in communist prison camps surfaced during the trials. Public discussion caused intense arguments over what should have been done about Americans who were brainwashed in Korea and what to do with those in future wars who may be the recipients of similar bloody treatment. On August 7, 1954, the Secretary of Defense directed that a committee be formed to recommend a suitable approach for conducting a comprehensive study of the problems related to the entire Korean War POW, POW experience. The work of that committee resulted in the May 17, 1955 appointment of the Defense Advisory Committee on Prisoners of War. Headed by Carter L. Burgess, Assistant Secretary of Defense for Manpower and Personnel. The committee took heed of the ongoing divisive debate, noting that while all services had regulators governing the conduct of prisoners of war, the United States Armed Forces have never had a clearly defined code of conduct applicable to American prisoners after capture. Claiming the new code had been hammered out of home-forged American principles with no room for turncoat prison... Why are these words running together? Turncoat prisoners who declare their allegiance to the enemy. The committee conceded that the code did, however, allow special consideration for those who yield only under torture. A presidential commission was appointed after the Vietnam War in 1976 to reevaluate the code of 1955. After a study, the commission recommended a subtle revision to Article 5, which in its original form stated, when questioned, should I become a prisoner of war, I am bound only to give name, rank, service number, and date of birth. I will evade answering further questions to the utmost of my ability. I will make no oral or written statements disloyal to my country and its allies or harmful to the cause. President Carter ordered the revision in 1977. The word bound was changed to required, and the word only was deleted. John McCain's Collaborations During his 23rd mission over Vietnam on October the 26, 1967, Lieutenant Commander John McCain was shot down by a surface-to-air missile. To relate the event, McCain later recalled that he was flying right over the heart of Hanoi in a dive at about 4,500 feet when a Russian missile the size of a telephone pole came up the sky, was full of the, full of them, and blew the right wing off by Skyhawk dive bomber. It went into an inverted, almost straight-down spin. U.S. News and World Report, May 14, 1973, article written by former POW John McCain. I pulled the ejection handle and was knocked unconscious by the force of the ejection. The airspeed was about 500 knots. I didn't realize it at the moment, but I had a broken right leg around the knee, my right arm in three places, and my left arm. 
I regained consciousness just before I landed by parachute in the lake right in the center of Hanoi, one they called the Western Lake. My helmet and my oxygen mask had been blown off. I hit the water and sank to the bottom. I did not feel any pain at the time, and I was able to rise to the surface. I took a breath of air and started to sink again. This is his own writing in an article. After bobbing up and down, he was eventually pulled from the water by Vietnamese who had swam out to get him. A mob gathered on shore and McCain was bayoneted in the foot and his shoulder was smashed with a rifle butt. He was put on a truck and taken to Hanoi's main prison. After being periodically slapped around for three or four days by his captors who wanted military information from him, McCain called for an officer, uh, called for an officer on his fourth day of captivity. He told the officer, okay, I'll give you military information if you will take me to the hospital. Guys, again, his own words. McCain was taken to Guy Lam Military Hospital, normally unavailable to American POWs, U.S. government documents says. Demands for military information were accompanied by threats to terminate my medical treatment if I, McCain, did not cooperate. Eventually, I gave them my ship's name and squadron number and confirmed that my target had been the power plant, page 193 to 194, Faith of My Fathers, by John McCain. November the 9th, 1967, U.S. government documents reveal Hanoi Press began quoting him, giving him, giving specific military information. One report dated read, to a question of the correspondent, McCain answered, my assignment to the Ariskany, I told myself, was due to serious losses of pilots, which were sustained by this aircraft carrier, due to its raids of the North Vietnam, Vietnam Territory, and which necessitated replacements. From 10 to 20 pilots were transferred, like me, from the Forestal, forestal to the Ariskany before I was shot down. We had made several sorties. Altogether, I made about 23 flights over North Vietnam. In that report, McCain was quoted describing the number of aircraft in his flight, information about rescue ships, and the order of which his attack was supposed to take place. Through the Freedom of Information Act, the U.S. Veteran Dispatch acquired a declassified Department of Defense transcript of an interview prominent French television reporter Francois Chalais had with McCain. Chalais told of the of his private interview with P.O.W. McCain in a series titled Life in Hanoi, which was aired in Europe. In the series, Chalais had his meeting with McCain, was a meeting which will leave its mark on my life. My meeting with John Mc, Sidney McCain was certainly one of those meetings which will affect me most pro- profoundly for the rest of my life. I had asked the North Vietnamese authorities, to allow me to personally interrogate an American prisoner. They authorized me to do so. When night fell, they took me, without any precautions or mystery, to a hospital near Gai Lam Airport, reserved for the North Vietnamese military. Passage omitted. The officer who receives me begins, I ask you not to ask any questions of political nature. 
If this man replies in a way unfavorable to us, they will not hesitate to speak of brainwashing and conclude that we threaten him. This John Sidney McCain is not an ordinary prisoner. His father is none other than Admiral Edmund John McCain, Commander-in-Chief of U.S. Naval Forces in Europe. Passage omitted. In other words, redacted. Many visitors came to talk to me, John McCain. Not all of it was for interrogation. Once a famous North Vietnamese writer, an old man with a Ho Chi Minh beard, came to my room wanting to know all about Ernest Hemingway. Others came to find out about the life of the United States. They figured because my father had such high military rank that I was of the royalty or governing circle. One of the men who came to see me, whose picture I recognized later, was General Vo Ying Giat, the hero of Diem Ben Phu. U.S. News and World Report, May 14, 1973, article written by former POW John McCain. In other words, in his own words. Vietnamese doctors operate early December 1967 on McCain's leg. Later that month, six weeks after he was shot down, McCain was taken from the hospital and delivered to a POW camp, room number 11, in the the plantation, and into the hands of two other U.S. POWs, Air Force Majors George Bud Day and Norris Overly. They helped further nurse him along until he was eventually able to walk by himself. Faith of My Fathers by John McCain. McCain, Day, and Overly were relocated early January 68 to another end of the camp, a place we called the Corn Crib. A group of obviously senior Communist Party members visited and talked with McCain. Faith of My Fathers by John McCain. <laughs> you know, I just, I had no idea that his father was so famous. I, I Even on the campaign his trail. His grandfather was also an admiral. Right, even on the campaign trail when he was campaigning. None of this was ever brought up. They're, they're kind of not together. I don't know, father's probably dead by now. He's pretty old. Well, yeah, but I'm saying it was never... Oh, yes, in the beginning. That's how he got he got elected the first time, off his war career. Yeah, but not off his father or grandfather. That was never brought up. Well, during the first campaign? You bet it was. I guess I don't remember. You weren't around. He's been in it like 40 years. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm talking about his presidential campaign. Like, again, he's really old. So his father's probably dead. And I've never heard of his father, so they're probably estranged anyway. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Was never brought up during the presidential campaign at all. But I don't, that's just speculation. You could look it up. Overly was released with David Matheny and John Black. They were the first three POWs to be released by the North Vietnamese. Again, U.S. News and World Report, May 14th, 1973. That's my birthday. Written by former POW John McCain. In March, Day was relocated to another cell, Faith of My Fathers by John McCain. A month later, McCain was moved into another building, the largest cell block in the camp, the warehouse. Day was moved to another prison, the zoo. McCain began solitary confinement, Faith of My Fathers by John McCain. For nearly two years, McCain's communist handlers kept him isolated from other U.S. prisoners because they considered him a special prisoner. McCain became the target of intense indoctrination and psychological programs 
the communists had perfected during the Korean War. The communists were very much aware that P.O.W. McCain would be under great psychological pressure not to do or say anything that would tarnish his famous military family, and they considered that to be the key to eventually breaking and then turning him. McCain's handlers kept meticulous records of his behavior, including his personal strengths, weaknesses, and any special favors he may have accepted while under the pressure of isolation. McCain's interrogators considered him a special prisoner. They believed that because he came from a royal family, he would, when finally released, return to the United States to some important military or government job. Because he was kept isolated from other U.S. prisoners during these years of captivity, no one except McCain and his captors know exactly to what he was subjected or how he responded. Most information in the public record detailing McCain's experience with North Vietnamese during this time frame came from McCain and McCain only. <coughs> Excuse me. In May of 1968, I. McCain was interviewed by two North Vietnamese generals at separate times. Again, U.S. News and World Report, John McCain. McCain claimed, page 133 of the Nightingale's Song by Robert Timberg, that he was first offered early release parole in late June 1968. He said that after months of interrogation, he was summoned to a room that had soft chairs and a glass table on which were cookies, a pot of tea, and cigarettes. He said Major Bai, known to the prisoners as the cat, was waiting for him. He said a second Vietnamese, known as the rabbit, stood by to serve as a translator. McCain said that as he helped himself to the cookies, tea, and cigarettes, the cat began speaking through the translator. He said they talked about his father, other members of his family, the war. McCain said that after about two of two of about two of talk, that's what it says. After about two of talk, the cat asked him if he wanted to be released. The cat, according to McCain, told him to go back to his cell and think about it. The Nightingale song. McCain said that three nights later, the cat sent him and again asked him if he wanted to go home. McCain said he answered no. Again, the Nightingale song. A week later, according to McCain, he was taken to a room in which the camp commander, who the prisoners had nicknamed Slopehead, was waiting. Was waiting. McCain said ten guards and an interrogator nicknamed the Prick was also in the room. Nightingale song. McCain said that the guards changed, in, charged in. Excuse me a minute. My eyes, I'm not focusing. <sighs> Sorry. Charged into him, beating and kicking him until he lay on the floor, bloody arms and legs throbbing, ribs cracked, several teeth broken off at the gum line. The Vietnamese, according to McCain, wanted him to confess to being a black criminal. The Nightingale song. McCain said he was next introduced for the first time to the torture ropes. He said the torture went on for several days before he broke and agreed to write and sign confession that he was a black criminal. He isn't even black. McCain said that he was moved to another building away from the POWs. And that Gale song again. McCain said, page 136, that he was so distraught because he had signed the statement that he attempted suicide 
but was stopped when a guard burst into the room. The Nightingale Song. In August 1968, other POWs learned for the first time that John McCain had been taken prisoner. Page 137. After Charlie Plum and Kay Russell figured out that the mystery prisoner in the neighboring cell is McCain. Nightingale Song again. September 13, 1968, cable from Averell Harriman, U.S. Ambassador at Large to the State Department confirmed that McCain's captors had offered him early release, but that he had refused. The cable reported that, according to the Vietnamese commander, McCain feared that if he was released before the war was over, President Lyndon Johnson might cause conflicts for his father because the people will wonder if McCain had been brainwashed. Harriman speculated that... Instead, McCain was abiding by the Code of Conduct. The Phoenix News Times, March 25, 1999. June 1969, Red Say, P.W. Songbird, is pilot's son of Admiral. Hanoi has aired a broadcast in which the pilot's son of the United States commander in the Pacific, Admiral John McCain, purportedly admits to having bombed civilian targets in North Vietnam and praises medical treatment he has received since being taken prisoner. New York Daily News, June 5, 1969. The English-language broadcast beamed at South Vietnam was one of a series using American prisoners. It was a response to a plea by Defense Secretary Melvin S. Lard, May 19th, that North Vietnam treat prisoners according to the humanitarian standards set forth by the Geneva Convention. WAPO. In December... McCain was moved out of the plantation and into a one-man cell in the Hanoi Hilton. On Christmas Eve, McCain chatted with the cat. They talked about McCain refusing early release, the Nightingale song said. There was pressure to see American anti-war delegations, which seemed to increase as time went on, but there wasn't any torture. In January 1970, I, McCain was taken to a quiz with the cat. He told me that he wanted me to see a foreign guest. U.S. News and World Report, May 14, 1973, article written by former POW, John McCain. A declassified DOD document reports an interview between POW McCain and Dr. Fernando Barral, a Spanish psychiatrist who was living in Cuba at the time. The interview was published in the Havana Granma in January 1970. According to the DOD report, the meeting between Burrell and McCain, which was photographed by the Vietnamese, Vietnamese, took place away from the prison at the office of the Committee for Foreign Cultural Relations in Hanoi. During the meeting, POW McCain sipped coffee and ate oranges and cakes with his interrogator. While talking with Burrell, McCain seriously violated the military code of conduct by failing to evade answering questions to the utmost of his ability. When he, according to the DOD report, helped Burrell by answering questions in Spanish, a language McCain had learned in school. 1973, McCain was released from the Hilton on March 15, 1973. Two former POWs say they doubt McCain was physically abused. 1999, March 25th. The Phoenix News Times. Ted Guy and Gordon Swede Larson, two former POWs who were McCain's senior ranking officers at the time, 
McCain says he was tortured on solitary confi- in solitary confinement, told the new, the new Times that while they could not guarantee that McCain was not physically harmed, they doubted it. Between the two of us, it's our belief, to the best of our knowledge, that no prisoner was beaten or harmed physically in the camp, Larson says. My only contention with the McCain deal is that while he was at the plantation, to the best of my knowledge and Ted's knowledge, he was not physically abused in any way. No one was in that no one was in that camp. It was the camp that people were released from. In nineteen ninety three, during one of his many trips back to Hanoi, McCain asked the Vietnamese to not to make public the records they hold pertaining to the returned US POWs. And that doesn't even discuss him crashing the plane on the deck of an aircraft carrier, jumping out, running below decks, and watching on the monitor that numerous men were were killed and many injured trying to put out the fire. Well, he didn't crash the plane. He hit something wrong, and it expelled fuel, and the fuel caught on fire. And it crashed into the deck because it was in the process of taking off. Well, and I went looked up in the internet. But it, it, you see it in planes, like one of its... One of its wheels is—it's on one wing. It looks like—it looks like a limping bird, and uh, yeah, it, it caught fire. He jumped out, ran downstairs, and watched everybody deal. And with I tried it. to look that up on the internet, and I could not find that account. It used to be available on the internet. Yeah, no, it's not. It I don't know what is. happened. I do better searches than you. So, what is your well, point? We don't know here? what happens. Maybe during his presidential cave, he, he uh, purged had, it had from everything the scrubbed. So, what was your point with this? Because he kept his accounts, or he was tortured. He was not true. His arms are the way they are because they were both broken when he ejected. It wasn't from torture. He lied. That's obvious. Leg, two arms were broken, and not not you know he didn't get treatment right away either. Um, but he wasn't tortured, and he collaborated with the enemy. He is not a war hero. He did not try and withhold information from them. That's a lie. And I think now you understand, after this, what explains John McCain's character in the Senate. He has none. John McCain cares about John McCain. That's it. He was never a maverick. Look at maverick. No, he's a progressive idiot is what he is. And get out of my Senate... You old, feebled, brain tumor-ridden idiot! What? I, we like we need more Republicans voting Democrat? Really? You can't. McCain is a you come right now. He's always against anything they're trying to get done. Get him because he doesn't have a brain left. That's why get him out of the game. He never had much to begin with. Certainly no loyalty to the Constitution that he took an oath to uphold and he has destroyed during his tenure and his votes as senator. You know, it's amazing to me before we conclude. When I did ask people down in town, I asked two separate people about why is McCain even because they had announced he was in the hospital again. Why is he still in the Senate? He's got a brain tumor. It's affecting his thought processes. He's going through chemotherapy. He's do- how we don't know is what he- therapy he's But I, again, how is he not sick? How is he not holed up by going through a therapy to get rid of a brain tumor that's eating his brain? Of course it is. But you're talking about the Democrat Party likes Sean McCain. And they wheeled in. What was that woman that got shot in the face? 
She she was Giffords. Giffords, yeah. She was she wasn't even out of hospital that long. Again, she was shot in the head, so she had brain damage too. And they brought her in and to vote. So, yeah, but McCain's not a Democrat. But <laughs> sure he is. Yeah, but the Republicans are the ones that should not allow him to freaking vote. How are they going to do that? He, you have to remove him. It's, it's a process. Well, We're doomed. I'm just telling you the way things are. All right, it's time for a good soft break. Check Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned because we'll be right back. socialists. You will be assimilated. Your individual liberties, personal freedoms, and mental individuality will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813. 800-215-6813. 800-215-6813. This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. You have no idea. I've got an idea. I got an idea. I got an idea. What's the big idea? Do you have an idea for a new product or a phone app? Well, now is the time to make your idea a priority. Get it off the ground fast and call Davison. We have over 25 years experience helping big idea thinkers like you turn your ideas into products and apps that are found in retail stores and online. It's simple to get started. Call now and ask for our free big idea starter guide. We'll show you how to get started and protect your idea and show you the steps to get your killer idea in front of a corporation that can help you grow your dream. Dream big and be big. Call Davidson now for your free big idea starter guide. Davidson charges fees for services. 800-213-9257. 800-213-9257. Hey there. Did you know that with a bachelor's degree, on average, you could make almost twice as much over a lifetime than a person with just a high school diploma? It's true. According to the 2012 U.S. Census Bureau, College grads with a bachelor's degree make almost twice as much as high school grads. Now, going back to school is easier than ever at Independence University. Log on and complete coursework from the park or the beach or even your couch watching the kids. And Independence University gives you the tools, a free tablet and laptop for under.
undergrad students to use and keep when they graduate. That's right. Get a laptop so you can go to college from anywhere. Take the first step to a new career in business, information technology, healthcare, or graphic arts. Call to find the online degree program that's right for you. And you could be on your way to increasing your earning potential. 800-797-1256. 800-797-1256. That's 800-797-1256. What is term life insurance? It's basically a financial protection plan for your family if you pass away. It can be a hard purchase. Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. But you've got to have it to protect your family. And you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the Term Lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891 Sample rate cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. Back to the Aguabri Radio Show. Hour half of two. All right, moving along to more marijuana news and the food police. It's actually regulations meet the food police. I didn't change it. Oh, well. (laughs) From Live Science, the World Health Organization, WHO, has declared that CBD, the relaxant property of cannabis used in medical marijuana should not be scheduled be a scheduled drug okay the cbd and cannabinoids right there's about a hundred thousand of them right and it's 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 deeper than that it's part of what's the healing property of the marijuana yeah it doesn't have that has nothing to do with THC, which is the thing that gets you stoned right but they're saying that they're 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 saying no 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 they're saying you cannot they say do not call it a Schedule One drug, right? But they're calling the CBDs a relaxant part of the marijuana. Well, that's one of the one of the things, one of the many things it does. Right, but they're just saying that's what it is. <laughs> Again, Shh. they're stupid. As legalization of cannabis has spread rapidly across the United States and around the world. Health officials have cautioned that we do not have enough research to rule out any downsides. But today, after months of deliberation and investigation, the WHO has concluded that cannabinoid oil, that's even different than cannabinoid oil, cannabinoid oil. No, that's not what it's called. That's what I'm saying. They're stupid. As useful treatment for epilepsy and palliative care and does not carry any addiction risks. While the organization is set to run a fuller review of cannabis next year, assessing all cannabis-related substances, physicians, and the cannabis industry have been poised awaiting this decision to deny scheduling for months. 
Had the WHO chosen to schedule the drug, it would have hamstrung physicians from prescribing medical marijuana today. Why, why do you give a crap about the World Health Organization? That's what I'm thinking, Who are these doctors answering to exactly? You don't answer to the United Nations or the global government. I find out that you're not my doctor. Get the hell out. Well, and that's, go, go over there and do medicine. And that's the quandary because the United States doesn't listen to the world, you know, the UN. It's we're not. It's not in our part of our constitution. But this drug is illegal federally. No, it isn't because they'd never amended the constitution to give them the power to make it illegal. They also don't have the right to the Food and Drug Administration. There's no power in the constitution over foods and drugs. None. Zero. Zilch. Nada. I'll point it out again. Alcohol prohibition happened in this country. When it happened, they had to amend the Constitution to prohibit alcohol. Then, when they wanted to, to go back, they had to amend the Constitution to repeal their prohibition. Those are the 18th and 21st Amendments. Now, show me the amendments for food and drugs or any substance whatsoever in the Constitution. Why did they have to do it for alcohol but nothing else? This is just common sense, ladies and gentlemen. If they had to do it for alcohol, they had to do it for everything. And they stopped doing it, amending the Constitution, and they just started writing legislation that they didn't have any power to write in the first place, which makes all their laws made not pursuant to the Constitution completely illegal and void. And we shall not convict anybody of violating a law which is not a law made pursuant to the Constitution federally or state-wise. Anyway, the report published today also recommended imposing the strong restrictions available in on fentanyl, a synthetic opioid which had killed thousands of people in America's drug addiction e- epidemic. Fentanyl, it should not be the same as fentanyl. Fentanyl is a class one drug. Man, I, gotta, I have to go to a special doctor at the VA to even ask if it could be, if I can have it. Well, you have to go to a pain management right. once a month. Yeah, Britain, well, pure manager, doctor, and it's up to him how much I have to go there, or her. Mostly her in the VA now. There's not many men left. Not not in the doctors, anyway. So, anyway, where was I? There is increasing... It, there's no, why would you come up with fentanyl? That's an opioid, for God's sakes. Marijuana is not an opioid. I love that way, it's saying it killed thousands, and America has a drug addiction epidemic. Oh, that's what everyone says. I'm just like, look, there's always big people doing drugs in the United States of America since I was a kid. If you bothered to open your eyes and, you know, move outside your private circle, you'd know that. There are increased interest from member states in the use of cannabis for medical indications, including a palliative care, the report said. Responding to the interest and increase in use, WHO has in recent years gathered more robust scientific evidence on therapeutic use and side effects of cannabis and cannabis components. In conclusion, the authors wrote, recent evidence from annual animal and human studies show that its use could have some therapeutic value for seizures due to epilepsy and other rating. Well, we already know it works for epilepsy. That, that's just a proven fact by based on epileptics that were uncontrolled on medication using medical marijuana and Omaha when they get the right the right variety it stops their seizures so it's it's just a fact that it does this just so you know 
Well, and as a matter of fact, in California, they've perfected turning it into uh, liquid forms or other forms that ch the children that have epilepsy can ingest. Edibles. Edibles. Mostly edible candy. You know, most there's a bunch of families that have moved out of other states to move into these states because of their kids. Because they had no other choice. The state they were in were bunch of dumbasses. Right, and the, the, it doesn't as it's not as effective the regular drugs as this one is on the epilepsy part. I just said that. No, and I explained it. No, 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 I know, but I'm just saying the regular drugs they've been using for epilepsy. I've had many I said uncontrolled where the drugs did not work. Yeah. Uncontrolled epilepsy. That's what I said. That's what it's used for. But I, I said, you weren't listening. When the real the regular meds do not work, they choose to move to marijuana and when they do the seizures go away right and i've had a lot of uncontrolled but i already said that I, but I was just thinking about what this one patient in particular that was uncontrolled and the doctors just like put their hands up in the air <laughs> there's only so much you could do they do that for a lot of uh except doctors see i have to stick with it by scope of my yep licensing. we heard that are you out of your mind? If I was a doctor, it's my right to—it's my right to prescribe whatever my patient needs, and I don't give a crap about the government. The government doesn't give me my license, doesn't give me my education, and doesn't tell me what to do. And that's what has to be said. You no know, doctors need to grow a pair, and actually be doctors. Care about their patients first, and their practice last. Trust me on this. If you do the right thing for your patients, you'll never have trouble. But you can do the wrong thing for the patients while towing the line for the government end up in a deep world of hurt. Again, it is the physician's responsibility to, no matter what the government classifies it, which is unconstitutional anyway, it is his responsibility to prescribe the drug that's necessary for the patient, whether it be a Schedule 1 drug or not. Schedule 1 are the ones that have to inform the government of every, uh, every time they write a a script for it. The government has to get, they call it triplicate. And and for decades, doctors refused to prescribe any of those drugs that the government puts in Schedule 1. So, except in certain states, extreme circumstances, etc., the overwhelming majority of doctors will not do it. I know, because they've been unable to take care of my pain, and none of the stuff that wasn't Schedule 1 worked, but they still would prescribe schedule one in the va but this goes elsewhere too i've had doctors elsewhere now they're not going to prescribe it either anyway there is increased interest from member states in the use of cannabis for medical indications including palliative care the WHO has, in recent years, gathered more robust scientific evidence on the therapeutic use of side effects of cannabis and cannabis components. Why don't you just ask Russia? They did decades-long study on marijuana. Russia knows all about marijuana its use and its uses in medical medicine. Why don't you just go to the people who actually did the decades of research? Because they're dumbasses, that's why. Uh, anyway, um, on therapeutic use, the side effects of cannabis and cannabis components. In conclusion, the author wrote, Recent evidence from animal and human studies show that its use could have some therapeutic value for seizures due to epilepsy and related conditions. 
it as it helps people with anxiety, it helps people with PTSD. It help. I I go on with this stuff. Now, it's not just for epilepsy. That's just the most glaring thing that jumps in the doctor's eye when you can't control it with all with any medication, and then the marijuana works. It's hard to argue with success, right? They added that current information does not justify scheduling of cannabidiol, cannabidiol, which is not cannabidiol, uh, forget it. It's weird, cannabinoids. It's cannabinoids, not cannabidiol, not cannabidiol. And declared that taking medical marijuana will not lead to addiction to THC, the psychoactive property of cannabis that induces a high, speaking to Daily Mail online, Raul Elizalde, the Mexican father who became an unlikely face for cannabis as he fought to get his epileptic daughter's treatment, said he was overcome with emotion. He is responsible for driving the Mexican government to legalize medical marijuana, so his firstborn daughter, Grace, who once suffered hundreds of seizures a day, could access CBD. Now she suffers a few seizures a day. Well, here's the good news. CBD oil is available uh, available online. It's unregulated, so if you want to try it, it's like thirty something dollars, I think. Uh, go online, look for it. This the CBD oil is not controlled because there's no controllable substance. The THC is the controllable substance, not the cannabinoids. All right, where were they? Uh, we look forward to continue our conversation about its many benefits in 2018. Speaking last month about his family's experience venturing into the world of medical marijuana, Alizalde admitted he had never considered the medical benefits of a drug which has caused mayhem and agony in his country. But after medications and surgeries proved futile for grace, he and his wife from Monterey, a conservative and traditional region in the north of Mexico, decided to try CBS. What is CBS? CBD. What are you talking it has changed our life, Elizalde told the Daily Mail online. Of course, our newspapers and agencies won't pick this up. I never thought I would be doing this, that cannabis would be part of our life, but grace changed everything. Now I know that just taking CBD is like taking a health supplement. It's not a replacement for her treatment, but it has changed her life. Yes, it's done that with many, including here in Montana, I know of... A couple of cases where it was not controlled by medication, so they added cannabis to it, and so her seizures stopped. Yes, and she becomes functional. Well, they become functional people Yeah, again. they become functional people if you just stick to the CBD oil and don't smoke cannabis. But it's kind of hard to say, look, the, uh, boss, can I go outside for a, for a marijuana break? Most people want you at work stoned. And they don't have to know about the CBD oil, though. It's another benefit to it. Most of the health benefits in marijuana are from CBDs. So I'm a, if I had more money and I wasn't so strapped, maybe in a month I could be able to try and try, get a trial for it. I'd like to see what that over-the-counter CBD oil that they're, they advertise all over the Internet. And I'm curious. I want to try it. 
Well, and the reason that we bring this up is because, number one, the constitutionality of this war on drugs. And number two, you and I were in the medical field for a very long time, and they do not have all the damn answers. And I'm chronically ill. And they can't, they have, they have run out of answers for me except to destroy my immune system. Yeah, I know. I could hear, I could hear everyone go, what? From here. Right. Uh, so, yeah, no. They, what they do helps. Uh, I take a lot of pills. <laughs> Each one, it helps a little bit. And they'll do a little bit more, another little bit more. I'd like to try CBD oil and see what that could do for me. It sucks being chronically ill, and I, it really sucks being told that something that's absolutely legal nationally by the national government is illegal because they wrote legislation to say it was. No, you can't write legislation unless it's based on the enumerated powers of the Constitution. Now, just telling you, that's a fact. You know, and just like the cure for cancer, uh, the people are, they're, number one, there's a lot of Christians that are against this. But you know what? They'll drink wine at uh, during Mass, right? Um, the other thing oh, is... Oh, that's not fair. It's a sip. Come on. The other thing and is... And it's not wine. It's the blood of Christ. And the other thing is uh, the war on drugs makes people a lot of money, especially the government. Well, it's another way of... It's another way of controlling the populace, which this government is always trying to do. Because that's it. That's if you haven't figured it out, we're already socialist. No, we're not. You know, complete control over every. Yeah, they do. They regulate every stinking business in existence. Are you crazy? All of industry is controlled by the government through government regulation, which is unconstitutional. But they do it anyway. Again, this is the USS of A. You could sit around and say, oh, no, it's not like that. It is like that, and that's the end of the conversation. And our liberties, little that we have left, are being eroded pretty quickly. I don't think there's one part of the the Bill of Rights they haven't violated, even though the Bill of Rights wasn't even necessary. And I said, this is why this is what textualists do. This should never have been in the Constitution. Everybody says now, show me where it says they can't do that in the Constitution. That's not what the Constitution is about. Remember, the Bill of Rights were amendments, okay? They were requested by the governors. And no, they weren't written by James Madison, but they were put together by James Madison. Uh, they came in from all the states. All the states had all these amendments they wanted put in. And he had to... He cuddled them down to 20-something, I think. And then they only passed 10 of them. But, again, I said it then, I'll say it now. It opens Pandora box because people, some people think the Bill of Rights is the Constitution, and it's not. It's, an, it's an unnecessary amendments to the Constitution because all those things, not put in the Bill, not take the Bill of Rights out. All those things in the, in the Constitution, show me where they're allowed to violate all these things. Where's the power for them to violate our right of privacy, First Amendment, Second Amendment? Uh, all these rights. Where in the Constitution before the Bill of Rights would they be able to violate those things in the Bill of Rights? They can't because the power is not enumerated. That's how it works. It's not we tell them, no, they can't. There's a section, number Article 1, Section 9, which specifically lays out what they can no longer do because under the Articles of Confederation, where we are already the United States of America, uh, these were the things that the states had abused. And so... 
That's why Section 9 exists. There was no reason for the Bill of Rights. It made a mess of things because, they look, the judges have all screwed up First Amendment to the wall. There's no such thing as separation of church and state in the Constitution. It does not exist. And not only that, they would never have wanted it to exist. They don't want an official church of the United States of America. That's what that that's what the establishment called do not establish a, a national religion. Congress cannot pass law and and that's it. If Congress isn't involved anyway, by the way, how how are you how are you getting enforced in this on the state? It says Congress shall pass. It doesn't say anything about the state governments. It doesn't say anything about any personal person either. I own a business like a donut shop and you're a LGBTQ idiot. And you come in and want to, want me to do something I'm not willing to do because it goes against my conscience. You don't get to make, you don't get to attack them, drag them in the court, get judges to find them. You got to be kidding me. That's part of the pursuit of happiness, being being able to follow your own conscience. It, it said that before it was taken out. Madison wanted that in, and uh, it wasn't necessary. At the time, because that what they meant by by uh, what am I doing? Pursuit of happiness, right? What they meant by pursuit of happiness is private. One is private property ownership. Two is liberty, unalienable rights, all that stuff. And three is to be able to adhere to your conscience, and that's covered in 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 Amendment One. Everyone doesn't read that part. The free exercise thereof. That means the government can't stop you from practicing your religion anywhere. In public school, on the pub, on the streets. Everyone used to talk about Jesus on the streets. And I, Hi, God bless. Hi. They signed everything in the, in the year of our Lord, 2638, whatever. Uh, and we prospered. And now we've let these people secularize us and socialize us. And now we st- we suck. And it's a direct correlation for removing God from the public square. Sorry, I get to put my Reverend collar on anytime I want. From CNBC, nearly one quarter of teens are using marijuana, according to a new survey of 8th, 10th, and 12th graders surveyed. 24% said they've used the drug in the past year. According to research from the University of Michiganistan, the 1.3% increase is the first significant rise in seven years. The increase in teens using marijuana comes as more states legalize pot for medical and recreational use. Yeah, uh, you know what? They also <laughs> drink beer. They also drink alcohol. This is ridiculous. And, that, and then they're a little—they're against the law to sell those things to get kids. They get it anyway. So when I was sixteen, I walk right in the liquor store and get myself a bottle. This is nothing new. No, it's nothing new. And some might, you know, other people smoke pot, other people drank. And yes, drinking lower is going to mess with your intellect quotient. And so is probably smoking marijuana. Uh, Look, they never but went so around. What? <laughs> they I got news for you. I don't feel any loss. I don't feel loss. I was a serious drinker and, and marijuana user when I was a teenager. I guess if it really did take a lot of IQ quotient points against it, I must have been a genius beforehand because... I still have a very high IQ. They're acting like this is brand new. 
It's not. <laughs> that, that, that just first of all, who, who's going to who's going to take a survey? Right? Yeah, who's telling you this and not telling you this? Who's who's you know? How many people are going? Uh uh-uh, uh. Uh Hey, I know everybody that I've ever known would never take this survey ever. Yeah, I, I tell you. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. This is a joke. This really is to me. It's a severe joke. All right, with that, we got to go to break. It's the Uncooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, because we'll be right back. Do you know a soldier in need of an angel? Would you like to be an angel to a soldier in need? Then you should visit www.soldiersangels.org. Since 2003, Soldiers Angels has supported thousands of American service members stationed wherever we raise our country's flag, and the number is growing daily. They also work with our wounded soldiers, giving them backpacks filled with needed items, personal visits, phone calls, etc. Additionally, they send our thanks via letters and email to the military of Great Britain, Poland, and Australia who served by our soldier side in Iraq. Soldiers' Angels are dedicated to ensuring that our military know they are loved and supported during and after their deployment into harm's way. So sign up to be an angel today, or send an angel to a soldier in need. Visit www.soldiersangels.org. This has been a public service announcement from the Uncooperative Radio Show. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our prosperity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. When was the last time you read the Constitution or reviewed the Bill of Rights? When was the last time you read them to your children? These documents, the foundation of this great nation, are not documents to be ignored. They are to be embraced. So sit down and read them to your children. And a tool you can use to do this is a little book called The Citizen's Rulebook. To receive a copy, call 602-258-6406. It only costs a dollar and can mean the difference in your children's understanding of the country they live in. I hear all this, you know, well, this is class warfare, this is whatever. No, there is nobody in this country who got rich on his own. Nobody. You built a factory out there, good for you. But I want to be clear, you moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. You hired workers the rest of us paid to educate. You uh, were safe in your factory because of police forces and fire forces that the rest of us paid for. You didn't have to worry that marauding bands would come and seize everything at your factory and hire someone to protect against this because of the work the rest of us did. Now look, you built a factory and it turned into something terrific or a great idea. God bless, keep a big hunk of it. But part of the underlying social contract is you take a hunk of that and pay forward for the next kid who comes along. I am officially running for President of the United States. 
Who do you actually win? No freaking way! Which Republican <laughs> candidate has the best chance of winning the general election? Donald Trump. There's not going to be a president, Donald Trump. Trump will not be president. Trump will never be elected president of the United States. You're not going to be president. A man who will never be president of the United States. Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. Take it to the bank. He will never be president. Donald Trump is not going to become president of the United States. She's at plus 19. Do you think the tapes made a difference? Of course! They made all the difference! This race is over. Hillary Clinton has raised more than double Donald Trump, vastly outspending him. The presidency at about 89% for Hillary Clinton. Uh, your analytical model has uh, never been wrong. Now projects Hillary Clinton to win presidential election. 100% chance. You still think she has a 100% chance of winning the election? Mm. I do. And what would Donald Trump have to do to turn things around? Prayer and hope for a festivist miracle. <laughs> this is CNN's coverage of election night in America. The fight for the presidency. Because we don't care. Oh, okay, have Kentucky. Who cares? Kentucky. Don't no, care about Indiana. Don't care. Indiana. With it's West Virginia, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, Kansas. Nebraska and Wyoming with its vote, North Dakota and South Dakota, Texas, uh, up and down the middle of the country, all red. Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, Missouri. Yes. It was at 80% an hour ago for Clinton. What is it now? 68%. Okay, uh, God damn it, I'm nervous. Ohio. Back to the Uncooperative Radio Show, Hour 3. Okay, Pocahontas. You're, Pocahontas? You're uh, saving us from marauding bands like uh, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, what else MS-13. were MS-13. You, the, the government's doing a great job. Marauding bands. That dumb bitch. The whole... The whole <laughs> Look, that whole construct that she just put forward is nonsense. There's no social contract. Let's get that straight except the Constitution. That's it. And it doesn't tell us that we have to steal money from rich people to make ends meet. It's not there. That's why I play it. And a progressive income tax is unconstitutional, by the way. I don't care what the courts say. It's common legal sense. It's not It's not equal protection under the law. You're treating people differently and the tax... tax Regs are laws. It, they're codified in the U.S. Code. They are law. Again. And again, and again, they already pay more. They're paying higher property taxes for the giant building and stuff they have, right? They pay taxes, property taxes, like everybody else. Then they hire people that then go out and pay taxes and also spend money in the community creating more jobs and wealth. Why you keep going after the people that are actually getting things done, getting people to work, making this country better? Why can't anybody understand that you can't get a job from a poor person? He can't afford to pay you. we got to wake up. This nonsense of you people on the left got to grow up Enough already. 
This is childish crap. That stuff she's doing is child's crap. That's a child's understanding of the world. It's nonsensical. Not thought through, just like every knee-jerk left-wing lunatic out there. Prague suck. And Pocahontas, well, I won't say what I just said because someone will claim I'm sexually harassing her. (laughs) Hey, I'm a woman. Would I be accused of that if I call her a dumb bitch? No. You'd just be a conservative woman, which everybody hates. Oh, Oh, yeah, I'm a hater. I am really a lovely hater. I didn't say that. I said they hate you. (laughs) Not listening. This year, 14.1... Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I went past the first. No, you did the first one. I did. This year, 14.1% of high school seniors said they see great risk in smoking marijuana occasionally, down from 17.1% last year. Also, 64.7% said they disapprove of the use of the drug regularly, down from 68.5% last year. What doofus kids are talking to CNBC and doing these surveys? I don't know any teenager, unless the whole culture has changed, yes, that they, would actually admit to wait this. Wait a minute. You, how, much, how long do you have to listen to something before you actually sets into your head? Nothing that would cover this on this show. These kids would be brainwashed in school. I understand that, but still, they're not going to admit to do something wrong and illegal, are they? I guess. Obviously, a lot of them will. <laughs> You're wrong. Because growing up, you never say what the heck yeah, you're doing. too loud. What the heck are you doing over Nothing. there? Nothing. I haven't touched anything since you told me to turn it up. Yes, you have. No. It, some, okay. Nope. Oh, whatever. Just Your job is to keep... If it's too loud, you turn it down. If it's too low, you turn it up. You've got the power. I don't. It's over there on that interface. I just, I think this is fake news. It's not fake news. It's just stupid news. It's the, why? You know, <laughs> this is just, all this propaganda of marijuana started way back in, I think it was the 50s or 40s, something like that, a long time ago. And it was all propaganda misinformation. None of what it said was true. All the downsides to marijuana don't really exist. There's only one. If you do too much, it'll affect your short-term memory. Simple. But you know what? All you have to do is stop. And you get it back. It's not permanent. So if they're going to do any drug, and by the way, better for them than drinking alcohol. Or sniffing stuff. Unless I talk about meth and stuff like that. No, I'm talking about... Oh, but it's a gateway drug. It leads to meth. No, it doesn't. I... I know I knew a bunch of people when I was growing up and smoking pot, and they had a rule they would do, they wouldn't do anything hard any of the harder stuff. It was you wouldn't nothing. You weren't allowed. It was like forbidden, coke and crack and, and amphetamines and all that stuff. No, you were we since we had a, a code of conduct. You were allowed hallucinogenics or and pot, and that's it. You can't mess around any other drug. Otherwise, everyone would be pissed. What? It was a code. Again, this is not old. This is not again, new. This, this, <laughs> I'm going to say again and again and again and again. And again, my short-term memory was very affected by it when I abused it to, de- to death. But I just said, wait a minute, I'm starting to feel stupid. <laughs> As I'm going to stop this. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> At least I was. At least I recognized it. <laughs> <laughs> you can always tell the burnouts that walked around. Though they had 
it, it was a, like their eyes and their, I don't know, it was something about that. You could always say, that, that guy's burnt out. Burnt out is someone who does way too much marijuana. Or doesn't have those brain cells to begin with. <laughs> no, they would change. It, every one of them would change their appearance. And that's how you know you went too far. I'd like to know the schools that allowed these surveys to go on as well. Any, any school allowed these surveys to go on. But you got to be kidding me. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Those statistics indicate marijuana use among teens could continue to grow, you think? Or, or maybe it's larger than you think because they're not going to tell you because it's illegal. We're just saying. <laughs> not too many people go, yeah, I I, I been through a crime. Exactly. <laughs> it should raise eyebrows, Mike Mech said. And people should be alert to the possibility that marijuana is about to launch. You mean health for people that need it? You mean I, I go to a drugstore to get drugs, and that's uh, and that's a bad thing. I go to a marijuana distributor get drugs, and that's a bad thing. Both of them are drugs, and both of them are dispensing it legally, but it's a bad thing on the marijuana side, and not the all, uh, unbelievable amounts of drugs doctors give people. That's why we have an opioid problem in this country. It is not marijuana that goes to the problem. It's actually prescribed opioids. Legal. Legally purchased, legally used. Don't make sure your kids can't find it. That's just plain irresponsibility. On and on it goes, but that is a problem. Out here in Montana, our problem is meth. Crystal meth. These, these, ugh, that, ugh, that poison. They make out of all kinds of nasty chemicals. And I've seen what it does to them. It turns them into, like, it's worse than crack. I don't have thought I'd say that. Oh, and uh, how about signing for Sudafed? How's that uh, really help the war on drugs out there, ladies yeah, and gentlemen? Yeah, I have to. I have to give ID to get Sudafed, but why? It's Sudafed. Well, the crystal meth people use it to make crystal meth. Okay, now you did that, and, now and they're they... going to find something else. No, they're not going to. Susan, could you stop? They're not going to do anything. They've already done it. You just. They couldn't get the Sudafed. They found something else more toxic than Sudafed and more horrible for the patient, the person using the terrible drug. I, I don't know why anybody even starts on that thing. But I can tell you what they look like after a while. It's, they're like ghouls. And their brain's gone. And all they want is more meth. And they'll do anything to get it. Anything. So... I wouldn't worry about marijuana, and don't believe all this gateway crap you're talking about. If the, if those kids were going to try harder drugs, they would have tried harder drugs anyway. They don't have to start with marijuana. And again, marijuana, out of all the drugs, it's the friendliest, happiest, just like Casper the Friendly Ghost. It's just, and it's it has many medicinal uses. And no, THC does not work. Those stupid pills they give you out because they gave Marinol. it to me. Marinol. Yeah, they gave it to me. It doesn't. It, it makes you stupid, want to go to sleep. You get stoned, but there's no benefit to it. And it's expensive as hell. I was on the starting dose. It was $800 a month. Goes up from there. And I could have said anything to the doctor and got more and more Marinol and they didn't give it to me 
if I really wanted to get stoned, but I don't. I don't like being stoned. I learned that when I was a teenager. Marijuana's popularity has flipped with cigarettes. The survey found the percent of and it's better for you than cigarettes, so yay team. The survey found the percent of seniors smoking cigarettes daily has plummeted to 4.2% from 24.7% at its peak in 1997. Meanwhile, marijuana use has increased to 5.9% from its lowest point in 1992. Vaping has become a popular mechanism for using marijuana and nicotine. Within the past year, 1 in 10 high school seniors reported vaping marijuana and 19% of them said they vaped nicotine, according to the survey. We're certainly surprised by the number of seniors vaping nicotine, and it speaks to how popular these devices have become and how this represents a new concern for public health officials, parents, and others that take care of or care about teens. Oh, you just told me seniors. That's not, you don't care if seniors use it, right? It's just the teens? I would I would counsel teens not to do it because your brain hasn't stopped developing yet and you are going to screw with it. Alcohol is no, might be worse. I don't know. There's been no real studies on this because... Oh, there is. I forgot. Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. Can't ask Russia. Otherwise, it'll be Russia collusion. We're certainly surprised by the number of seniors vaping nicotine, and it speaks to how popular these devices have become and how this represents a new concern for public health officials, parents, and others. Uh, Said Wilson Compton, Deputy Director of the National Institute on Drug Abuse, part of the National Institute of Health, which funded the survey. National Institute of Health is unconstitutional. The funding of any program from the federal government is unconstitutional, and that's the and that's just a fact, Jack. You know, this whole thing about the teen smoking, too, like it's something brand new. Everyone I knew smoked <laughs> except me. Same with me. Matter of fact... I hate the smell of this stuff. The matter of fact, I the, my friends used to give me their packs of cigarettes because... They knew I wouldn't smoke it. Yeah, you were stupid enough to do that so you could get caught at home? Oh, it's not mine. I'm holding for a friend. That's never been said before. <laughs> that my when once my I did once I got caught, my mother gave me permission. I was the only teen in my group to get permission to freaking smoke cigarettes because her thinking was that my father smoked, so he was a bad influence on me and I was over 16 years old. So why shouldn't I get permission to smoke when my dad smokes? I didn't need permission. I did whatever I wanted. Yeah, I, you, you were raised by wolves. I raised, pretty much raised myself, but uh, in the end, anyway. Uh, Which was ironic, Alanis, because I didn't smoke. All my friends did, and I was the one that got permission. I didn't smoke, I didn't smoke cigarettes either, smoking that stuff. It's toxic. It's like... It's like well, it's sort of like a light meth- methamphetamine. It's just, I know I know it's addictive as hell, but it's also as toxic as hell. If you really need to smoke, I know it's more expensive, buy good pipe tobacco and roll it up yourself. It's pure tobacco. No, no formaldehyde or anything else. It's just pure 
If you're going to smoke, smoke something pure. Nick, look, the, 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 the tobacco plant has been used in this country for over 200 years. We still grow tobacco in this country, but it was used for all kinds of things. It, used to, it was used to worm livestock, for instance. Uh, that one I remember. And there's much other beneficials to humans. But it's the other crap they put in there to make it more addictive. And, I mean, there's formaldehyde in there, for God's sakes. And stuff worse than that, I don't even want to know. It's funny you say that because I was down in town this week and I was talking to my laundry lady, because I do laundry in town. We don't have facilities up here. Um, And I told her that because she smokes. And she said she's tried that, and she does not like the taste of pure tobacco. She hates the taste. Really? Really. So she loves the chemicals. Apparently. I just had this conversation two days ago. (laughs) It's not my body. It's not my problem. She's like, I hate the way that tastes. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So, you're okay with death. Gotcha. Yes, gotcha. Um, I... Where was I? Parents and other take care about the teens, said Wilson Compton. The findings are likely to give ammunition to public health advocates who have argued sleek devices and unique flavors are appealing to kids. The already fiery debate over e-cigarettes received even more fuel this summer when the Food and Drug Administration delayed impending regulations on the product until 2022. Again, where do we get in the Constitution the ability to have the Food and Drug Administration? I said it before. I'll say it again. Well, Find it. Not even that. Where in any document or any kind of where, – where is it to, get, to stop people from having free will? Where is it written anywhere? It's, it's been – they've been working on this for over 100 years now, Susan. I understand that. We're pretty that. far down the road of <laughs> losing all our individualism and our, our liberties – Many people, I guess, city people, they talk to me. And they're like, "I don't know about you. I don't. I don't feel like I've lost any liberty." I'm like, "You live in a big city, doofus. You have no liberty. You you live in like an ant in an ant farm." You know what was even worse than that? We were listening to Breitbart News, and the girl on Breitbart was arguing with somebody, a caller, who said that we don't need regular. Well, come on, we do need some regulations. Uh, no, we don't. Well. There will be some regulations, but that's done on the local and state level, not the federal government. It's not their job to regulate squat. Again, find me in the Constitution this grand regulatory power. And she's supposedly a so-called conservative. I thought she was a libertarian. No. She ain't a conservative. Yeah, well, supposedly. Well, there's a lot of conservatives that aren't conservative. Example... Uh, conservatives are supposed to be about liberty, the rule of law, the Constitution, not about taking away people's rights, right? Well, if you're con- going to continue to think the government has the power over food and drugs and, and they can print money when they can under the Constitution, it says specifically they have to coin it. And no, the ar- your argument, no matter what you say, it won't work because we already had paper currency before the Constitution was written. That's the reason it was written into the Constitution. The federal government only is the only one that has the power to coin money. But it has to coin it, not print it. That's because fiat currency, all paper currencies, fiat currency, will eventually be worthless. 
it's happened throughout the centuries. Look at do do some history research. You're on the internet for God's sake. Use it for something except porn. Anti-smoking advocates like Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids argue flavors entice adolescents. The 2009 Family Smoking Prevention and Tobacco Control Act prohibited (laughs) cigarettes from containing characterizing flavors, excluding menthol, yet they're pervasive in vaping products because they're not cigarettes. (laughs) And I love it. Look at how long that flavors are also in pipe tobacco. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Again, Family Smoking Prevention and Tobacco Control Act. Where does the Congress have this power over families? They think that if, they can pass, if they can pass the law, it's law. That's not what the supremacy law says. It says it's only law if it's pursuant to the Constitution. That's it. If it's not an enumerated power, that means it's, it's right there in the writing. You don't have to think, twist meanings of words and paragraphs and stuff. That doesn't work for me anyway. I know the Constitution inside and out. You should do. And if you don't, you should go to PatriotsPub.us. PatriotsPub.us. U.S. history, the Constitution, the Founding Fathers, just the facts. No, no politics at all. We, we, we present you with historical fact, and you make your own decisions, like a, like a regular individual that can make up its own mind. I believe everybody is capable of it. And that's why I did the Patriots Pub. Three and a half years. You should just you should give it a try. If you don't understand everything I'm telling you about the Constitution on this show, that means you desperately need the Patriots Pub. Please listen from episode one, or you'll miss the whole point of the project, which is to put it all into context for you, so you understand it. You don't have to memorize squat. You'll understand U.S. that time in U.S. history, the Constitution, the founding fathers. Why? Why did they choose this? Why did they do that? Why did they want this? Why didn't they want that? It's all there. If you want something about women, it's a different kind of history. Women of the Revolution is Susan Show. I highly recommend it. You don't have to listen from episode one. They do talk about politics, uh, I don't, but I don't find that I don't find it offensive. It was just I made it a point not to want it in mind because it wasn't about that. It was about you learning the foundation of which to build upon. Because when you have a good foundation, everything works out great. But you try and build a house on sand, what happens? Uh, we're very concerned about anecdotal reports that GUUL has become a trendy, popular new product with kids and young adults. And that's the kind of product, what? You forgot this entire paragraph and it names your favorite... Oh, Chucky. Sinister. Sorry. <clears throat> Critics... Warn, it's not just the flavors, but the sleek and discreet design of some e-cigarette brands, such as market leader J-U-U-L, that attract kids. Everything attracts kids. They're, Look, for, curious, decade, for, for decades, teenagers have been doing this. They've been smoking, they've been drinking yep. for decades. Yep. Said a minority, minority leader, Chucky Sinister Schumer. I can't stand that man. He's a vile, evil thing. Even his daughter turned on him. I hope to God he gets censured and, well, you're the and only, has to resign. You're the only one that's been talking about this or even had it on your social media that she came out and said all the horrible things her father did. Yeah, dating her best friend, who dated cheerleaders, teenage cheerleaders, got her pregnant twice, 
took her to the abortion clinic. Not his daughter, his daughter's friend. The, the, the one he's... Everyone knows it'd be the one he's dating. He's dating his daughter. Oh, these people are so disgusting. I have no... I don't put it past anything anymore. Well, obviously his daughter feels he's disgusting, too, because he... Again, I was a director. He, uh, he took her for two abortions. Count them, two abortions. And then dumped her. His wife paid her to go away. She committed suicide at the age of 20 years old. That's only what we know. Another, by another, another one came forward since his daughter said this and corroborated the story. So I can tell just by looking at that guy, he's an evil, sick person. He, he just is. And the way he constantly tries to spin things, and you're always looking over the top of his glasses with that, I don't know, it's just, oh, it's like a Mr. Burns look. But it looks like he might be getting his, and that'd be nice. So Chucky, Sinister Schumer, point, uh, child, and Child Abuse Schumer, <clears throat> pointed to the devices when he called for the FDA revert, to reverse its decision. The FDA shouldn't even exist, you progressive piece of crap. We're very concerned about anecdotal reports that JUUL has become a trendy product, new product with kids and young adults, and that's the kind of product the FDA ought to be reviewing now to see if it is attracting kids. That's not the scope of the FDA, to figure out whether or not children might be attracted to it. That's not their scope of work at all. Their job is to just, well, they, their job's unconstitutional, and they don't do it well anyway. Seven years, they keep drugs off the market for people. Even people dying, they won't get, let, them, let have them. Dying. What? What? Well, we all know about all the negative side effects. I'm going to die. Is there a bigger side effect than that, you idiot? That's what I'm saying. It's unconstitutional, and it's stupid, and it doesn't work. Centralized government never works. You want to worry about what food is coming in and protect it? Well, then you do that locally, in your state and local markets, and by your choice of what to buy and not to buy. And word of mouth, nobody wants to sell you some fruit that's tainted. You end up getting sick and you tell everybody, and it gets into the paper and it puts them out of business. They have an inherent, they have a inherent obligation to make sure what they're giving you is safe. Otherwise, they will not succeed as a business. But now it doesn't matter because the Food and Drug Administration approved it. So big farmers out of the loop. Well, you can't. You can't. You can't sue them. The FDA approved the drug. Hey, go sue the FDA. You can't. It's the federal government. Oh, well. Spare. Aw. Yeah. You see what I'm trying to point out here? Liberty is, liberty is awesome. And that's what we all should be going after. Regulations are anti-liberty. And regulations from the central government are unconstitutional, period. People are afraid of liberty, Brian. That's I, the I've problem. noticed, Susan. They're very, very terrified of being let to their own devices. Anything worth doing has risk involved. Unfortunately, you would never taught that. My whole life was about risk. I jumped out at 17 on my own. And never look back. Anyway, let's go to a break. 
It's the Uncooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, because we'll be right back. You live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems there's certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. Horrible. It's worse than horrible, because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes, walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813 800-215-6813 This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. You have no idea. I've got an idea. I got an idea. I got an idea. What's the big idea? Do you have an idea for a new product or a phone app? Well, now is the time to make your idea a priority. Get it off the ground fast and call Davison. We have over 25 years experience helping big idea thinkers like you turn your ideas into products and apps that are found in retail stores and online. It's simple to get started. Call now and ask for our free Free big idea starter guide. We'll show you how to get started and protect your idea and show you the steps to get your killer idea in front of a corporation that can help you grow your dream. Dream big and be big. Call Davidson now for your free big idea starter guide. Davidson charges fees for services. 800-213-9257. Hey there, did you know that with a bachelor's degree, on average, you could make almost twice as much over a lifetime than a person with just a high school diploma? It's true. According to the 2012 U.S. Census Bureau, college grads with a bachelor's degree make almost twice as much as high school grads. Now, going back to school is easier than ever at Independence University. Log on and complete coursework from the park or the beach or even your couch watching the kids. And Independence University gives you the tools, a free tablet and laptop for undergrad students to use and keep when they graduate. That's right. Get a laptop so you can go to college from anywhere. Take the first step to a new career in business, information technology, healthcare, or graphic arts. Call to find the online degree program that's right for you. And you could be on your way to increasing your earning potential. 800-797-1256. 800-797-1256. That's 800-797-1256. 
Nobody wants to get ripped off, broken into, or robbed, but nobody wants to pay a lot of money to have their home protected either. I've got an offer to tell you about to provide home security for your home for a simple rate as low as $19.99 a month. For real, with no installation or equipment charges. And this is from a company rated number one by a leading consumer research company. According to the facts, most of you won't even call unless there's a burglary in your neighborhood or something bad happens. So let's give you a reason. Save money. For as low as $19.99 a month with no other costs, you can get your home secured. Plus, get a lifetime equipment replacement warranty. You need protection for your home. Call the Home Security Hotline right now. 800-218-9520. Call now. That's 800-218-9520. What is term life insurance? It's basically a financial protection plan for your family if you pass away. It can be a hard purchase. Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. But you've got to have it to protect your family. And you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the term lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. Sample rate cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show, hour half of two. Well, back to this uh, vape thing. Like other e-cigarette makers, Jewel says its products are meant for adult smokers who are looking to switch from conventional products. In response to reports of adolescents using its products, the company has invested in education and prevention efforts, such as secret shoppers, who test to make sure retailers are not selling to minors. It's a really, really important issue, said Jewel Labs, Chief Administrative Officer Ashley Gold. Well, that's a woman, and she's the Chief Administration Officer. We don't want kids using our products. Oh, no, we're, we're so sexist, women and Chief Administration Officer. Question, though. Since we still have affirmative action, should I assume that they didn't really earn their job? I can't know she wasn't an affirmative hire, now can I? Regulations meet the food police, from Washington Examiner. Again, the Unconstitutional Food and Drug Administration is warning of a pair of Florida companies to stop distributing a snortable chocolate powder, claiming it's being sold as an unapproved new drug and as a street drug alternative. You're kidding me. Chocolate's a problem? The regulatory action against Coco Loco comes six months after the product's debut and after Senate Minority Leader Chuck E. 
sinister Schumer. Democrat New York called it cocaine on training wheels. I have to interrupt you. This just came up. Oh, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> Our switchboard just went crazy. <laughs> God. <laughs> Please don't crash. Don't crash. Don't crash. Well, it did, but it's not affecting the program, so let's just keep going. Okay. Our uh, computer just had an aneurysm. <laughs> yes, uh, our GUI crash. That's unusual. <laughs> it had a baby stroke. I wish you were able to listen to find out if we're actually still on air. Because <laughs> how do we know? It's still going. It doesn't mean it's going out. It means it's just going. But we'll just keep going for the recording. Again, from the Washington Examiner, the Food and Drug Administration, which is unconstitutional, is warning a pair of Florida companies to stop distributing snortable chocolate powder, claiming it's being sold as unapproved new drug and as a street drug alternative. The regulation acts against Coco Loco comes six months after the product's debut. And after Senate Minority Leader Chucky Sinister Schumer, Democrat of New York, Called it cocaine on training wheels. It's chocolate. The FDA warned uh, Legal Lean LLC and distributor Arco Globus Trading LLC. They have 15 business days to respond with steps to come into compliance. Neither company immediately responded to requests for comment. Legal Lean's website was offline Wednesday morning. Unless the companies challenge the FDA, they likely will have to discontinue sales or dramatically change promotional materials discussing nasal use and experimental effects. FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb said in a statement that as a physician, what do you want your kid to snort, chocolate or cocaine? There's a good chance, no matter how you raise your kid, your kid's going to experiment with drugs. That's a fact. Now, someone explain to me what's wrong with chocolate. We eat it all the time. It's not a problem. How does it snort to make a difference? Encouraging the use of snortable chocolate as an alternative to illegal street drugs is not acceptable. There are very real consequences to snorting any powder, not to mention the societal dangers of promoting drug abuse, Gottlieb says. Although creator Nick Anderson, really, there are people all over this country right now snorting up cocaine like crazy. And New York City is full of bigwigs and stock traders and all. They're all doing it. They're snorting cocaine powder. And no, they've switched. That's right. They switched to heroin. Snorting heroin. Hmm. And you're worried about chocolate. This is what I'm talking about. Governor, government overreach. Government overreach. Although creator Nick Anderson made waves with the product, Coco Loco's price inhibited sales. Containers with 10 servings sold for $24.99, and initially only a few heat head shops and convenience stores carried the product. After the initial gush of media attention, the overall Orlando company was sued in July by the maker of alcoholic energy drink for Loco, which alleged trademark infringement. Pull down the options and make sure it was still... I did. I just did. Is it checked? Yes. According to broadcasting? Yep. Okay. Uh, Initial gust attention, the small Orlando company was sued in July by the maker of alcoholic energy drink, 4Loco, which alleged trademark infringement. 
Oh, no. Coco Loco is actually a trade right infringement to a company that puts out coconut milk in cans. It's called Coco Loco. What's well, called Coco Lopez? Snorting Coke chocolate first received significant attention in 20, 2007 when Belgian chocolatier Dominique Persoon created a device called the Chocolate Shooter to snort cocoa, not cacao, not cacao, cocoa powder. In 2016, spokespeople for the Drug Enforcement Administration against, it's unconstitutional, and the FDA, unconstitutional, said they appeared powerless to regulate unconstitutional snortable chocolate. The FDA spokeswoman described an apparent catch-22 created by de- legal definitions of for food and drugs, with drug defined as a product other than food, and food defined as articles used for food and drink. In its letters dated Monday, the FDA focused on the method of consumption, and company claims such as euphoric energy, raw cacao, will give you a steady rush of euphoric energy, and raw cacao will also is also known to help with anxiety and to reduce stress. Oh, what a horrible thing to do, snorting chocolate. My Lord. Coco Loco uses cacao, which is processed at a lower heat than cocoa, containing more beneficial nutrients. Raw cacao contains mood-lifting, anandamide, and phenylethylene amine. Phenylethylamine, right. Cognition-assisting flavonoids and muscle-relaxing magnesium. This sounds downright healthy. Ordinary cacao powder can be purchased on Amazon or Walmart, but Coco Loco is cut to enhance its effects. The label is B vitamins, ginkgo biloba, blood-flowing improving amino acid L-arginine, and energy drink stimulants such as Corona and taurine. You know, I've th- taken all these amino acids when I was when I was a weightlifter. You know, and again, it goes back to that God doesn't give us anything in nature that he, it, he, look. It, nothing's evil. It's how we use it. That's all there is to it. Nothing. Everything can be used for evil. Everything. Oh, take great guns. Good. I'll stab you to death. I'll hack you with a machete. Oh, we'll take pointy knives away. Okay, I'll just have to blow you up or burn you alive or... Hit you with a baseball bat till you're dead. Run you over with a car, hit you with tire iron, whatever. There's a thousand ways to kill people. It's stupid. And again, it's not the government's job to tell us what we're not allowed to do. We tell them what they're not allowed to do. In the real constitutional republic, not this mess. Although not common, there are some other examples of FDA action against alleged street drug alternatives, including 2013 action against a product called Hemp Garden Tea, which was promoting using the phrase, chill your head with the good stuff. The FDA warns in a statement about Coco Loco that snorting powders can trigger spasms of the vocal cords, making it difficult to speak or breathe, the rindospasm or tightening of the muscles that line the airways in the lungs, bronchospasms, and may also induce or exacerbate asthma. And I may get hit crossing the street tomorrow. The ingredients listed on the product label for Coco Loco, including taurine and guarana, guarana, neither of which have been evaluated for transnasal administration. 
Any mucosal membrane acts the same, no matter which which one it is. Dr. Andrew Lane, Director of Rhinology and Sinus Surgery at the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, said earlier this year he was not aware of any studies showing harm from inhaling any use of these ingredients, nor any scientific evidence that there is a benefit, specifically addressing inhalation of cocotaurine and guarana. The FDA also taking action against another legal lean product, a so-called sipping syrup, that allegedly contains an undisclosed ingredient. Gottlieb presented the FDA's action against Coco Loco as about more than stomping out a novelty product at a time where drug addiction is threatening the fabric of American society, and it is not. I'm so sick of that. <laughs> I'm so sick of it, too. We must take action that when we see efforts that may further fuel illicit drug abuse, he said. We'll continue to vigorously target bad actors that sell unapproved products, including products that contain undeclared drug ingredients. Actually, I think there's a law against that. That's why the labels have such small writing. All the crap they have to put on it. And that's one of the things that I'm disappointed with Trump and with Jeff Sessions. Because when they said they're going after all this, this just opens the door for more government to get involved in more things. No, Trump changed his mind. They're not going after anything. you got to keep up with Trump, Susan. Because wait for it. It always happens. Just wait for it. Again, you're acting like everybody else that never Trumpers in the left wing lose. Knee jerk reaction. They're like, well, why is he doing this? He's a little freaking busy, Susan. He's fighting the deep state. He's trying to get his agenda through. He's fighting the courts. What? Time marijuana? No, no, he's not. He's going after the opioids. So is Sessions. Going after it. They're already scheduled one drugs. That's as much as you can go after anything. Oh, no. He put out an executive order and all this other about the opioids. It ma- doesn't and- matter what he put out. That's all. He has no power over drugs. I keep telling you I this. know. And Sessions put out he's tightening. Uh, Sessions is anti-marijuana, not Trump. Yeah, but he said he's doing opioids, too. Well, he's not doing Trump it. doesn't even drink. So you understand? He's an, he's an abstinence guy. I know. But it's not his place. And as long as he knows that, I'm good. You could speak out against whatever you want. No executive orders. That would be unconstitutional. Well, he's been doing exe- uh, uh, he's only been doing executive orders, removing all the crap that Obama has put in place. And some previous regulations for previous presidents. That's undoing already an unconstitutional thing. So that's a good thing, see? And that's all he could do. To get new things done, the Congress has to do its job. It's not the president's job to pass a budget. It's not even the president's job to give them a budget. That's not in the Constitution. That's just, you know, that was just, I, could you make our job easier to tell us how much money you need for your budget? Congress being lazy, that's what it is. And then that, and that became a thing. Oh, but the president's budget, there is no president budget. It's, it's a recommendation. Only the House can pass anything to do with money. It must originate in the House of Representatives, period. Then it goes to the Senate, no president. If the Senate passes, then it goes to the president. Now he has a job, write it into law, sign it into law, or veto it. Pretty simple process. And amazing how complicated they made it. 
All right, from Fox News, my least favorite subject. The NFL national anthem protests are being blamed for declining wing sales. Sanderson Farms, one of the largest producers of chicken in the U.S., said its slumping sales were due to the football players' demonstrations. Good. Hey, keep an eye on the price of wings. Make some hot wings. Brian loves them, the hot wings. Let's get the price down. I remember when they used to throw those things out. Yeah. Hot wings and pizza. He could live on them. I could. <laughs> really could. But I'd like a switch up of Chinese food. <laughs> oh, and Italian food. Well, pizza's Italian food. We're good. I did live on pizza for a while. And when I had breakfast, it was the breakfast special, which was bacon and egg on a hard roll. With coffee, 99 cents. And uh, I get that every morning. And then in the afternoon, two slices and a Coke. Dinner, two slices and a Coke. Every day. Every once in a while, Chinese food. But it was like, eh, pizza, Chinese, I don't know, pizza. <laughs> you don't understand how good pizza was when I was growing up in Long Island. That stuff was the die for, and it was so cheap. 35 cents a slice is, you know, I'm just, yeah, it's about, yeah, I remember paying that. I also remember getting a whole pizza and a quart of Coke for $2.50. Every Wednesday they had the special. I made sure I was there every Wednesday. Me and my, well, I was a truck driver at the time. All right, back to NFL, which... I don't give a crap about them, really. They're, this story is interesting, though, just because price of wings might come down. I'll save some money. I'm going to stock up. If it comes down, <laughs> fill the freezer. Uh, the company said their spot prices decreased in the last three months and were 14% lower than the same period in 2016, Bloomberg reported. Keep kneeling, NFLers. I'll, maybe I'll be able to get them really cheap. <laughs> I'll get it down 50%. Joe F. Sanderson Jr., the CEO of Sanderson Farms, said retailers' demand for the deep-fried delight has noticeably lower. The only thing puzzling me right now is wings, Sanderson told Bloomberg. We've been talking about our wing customers, and they're the ones that are telling us that they're seeing less traffic in their stores. They attribute that to the NFL. Oh, it's going to have effect on the economy for sure. The gov- And why is our government subsidizing Football, sports of any kind. I, why is the government involved? There's nothing in the Constitution about sport teams. The company shares dropped 13% to $145.85 Thursday. It's worse since 2004. Pilgrim's Pride Corp and Tyson Foods, the poultry producers' competitors, shares fell as well. The NFL has struggled with ratings all season. Last week's Sunday Night Football game lost 35% of its audience compared to the week before, the New York Post reported. Why do you, well, I don't understand how we correlate eating chicken wings to NFL. I eat hot wings anytime I get my hands on them. Let me make them. I'm having hot wings. Just watch TV and have hot wings. I don't do watch sports. You know, and I didn't even think about it, but they just opened a huge sports bar, and I mean it's huge because it's a franchise, uh, called uh, Buffalo Wings down in town. Yeah. 
And they have like four huge screen TV. I mean, humongous. Yes, there's a pizza place, Silver Bowl. Yeah. And uh, that's their specialty is hot wings and and sports. So I'm wondering, I didn't even bother to think about it. I'm wondering how they're handling this NFL thing. They're losing money. I just, I just switched to college football. Well, that's, we did an article that a lot of these places are. They're not going to do the NFL. They're telling everyone they're not. They're doing this and they're doing this and they're doing other things. I imagine the place in town just open isn't taking a stand and they're probably just uh, still has the NFL up. They are always packed. Well, you should go in and see why. I have been. I got wings there. You didn't like them. You got wings there? Yeah. I don't remember. I know you don't. It was a year ago when they opened up. I went in because I was curious and it was like, and actually I also went in when I was staying with our neighbor down in town. She took us there. Yeah, no girlfriend. one makes a good hot sauce like me. So, yeah, I was in there and uh, they they have this huge buffet. I mean, freaking huge. And it's open from 12 o'clock in the afternoon till the close. And it was packed. And I'm sure yeah, it's because but is of it like buffet. all you can eat buffet. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go anywhere where it's all you can eat buffet. <laughs> When I was younger and lifted weights, boy, I could, I could make people worry about their bottom line. Well, what was the name of that place we used to go to all the time on the Beef water? Beefsteak Charlie's. Yep. All you can eat: salad, shrimp, mm. and ribs. Oh, and sangria. Yep. I love that place. I closed it. We've closed it. Well, it was our, our us and our friend, you and I and our friends. Uh-uh. I still remember Anthony said to Carl telling me he's going to eat me under the table. Eat and drink me under the table. He was a he was a man's vet. He's a burly guy, you know. But he was working out like I am. I mean, I was, I was just like crazy working out. It was, I needed fuel. So I sat there and I'd just tell the waiters, just keep them coming. And they would. And I'd sit there and eat, and eat, and eat, and eat. And suddenly my friend on the other side is like, uh, yeah. and he puts his head on the table. He goes, I can't eat anymore. I'm like, really? Hmm. I just kept eating and drinking. More ribs. Until <laughs> they come over and go, I'm sorry, sir, we're closing. I'm like, you can't close. You said all I can eat. I'm not done. But, sir, we're closing. But I'm not done. <laughs> I was only busting their chops. But I wasn't done. Uh, I was try- I was kind of trying to angle, make them give me a uh, ribs to go. <laughs> Anything to get me out, right? I, now I've seen Chinese people standing at the door of the, of the kitchen, going, "Oh no, he's too much. He's too much. Oh, he's too much. He's coming back again." <laughs> uh, actually, Carol, could you please stop eating? All right, moving back to this story that I'm not interested in, obviously. Um, I was at the company shares dropped 13, the producers, competitors, and critics have said NFL kneeling protests <coughs> are at the cause of poor ratings. The national anthem demonstration started last year when former San Francisco 49er quarterback Colin Kaepernick. The idiot. Take that fro and go back to the ghetto where you belong. Kneeled to protest what he said was police mistreatment of black males, which were all found not to be true except, and oh no, all of them were found not to be true. The only one that actually killed somebody as a police officer that wasn't a good shoot was a black female officer. 
yeah, they don't promote that much. But that's what that's that's what happened. The one thing that the guy it was a black woman. It was not a white officer at all. Again, they're full of crap. They don't like police resting them while they're acting in the way that's normal in the ghetto, but it is illegal. That you know, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Beretta said that. But I have to leave. It's the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com. And say goodnight, Susan. Good night, Susan. And we're out of here. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.